When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. looking at a remarkable idea, an idea that has intrigued and attracted and literally thrilled thousands upon thousands of men, women, and children. And you, my friends, are about to witness this idea become a reality, for this is the story of the miracle sea in the desert. Michael Deacon, Michael, Michael Deacon, Michael Deacon, Michael Deacon, Michael Deacon. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again on a night like this. Greetings, boys and girls. I hope you're doing well out there. Thank you to those outside of America. As always, some business to attend to in a moment. But I also want to remind you that this is a call-in show. That number is 760-332-8724. One more time, 760-332-724. Now let's get down to brass tacks and bring in Mr. Jones. And I do apologize. Difficulty getting this thing off the ground. And that happened every now and then. And now, joining me is Dr. E. Michael Jones. How are you, sir? Good. Good very, to be here. Uh, very good, my friend. And I'm glad you are here. I really do appreciate you taking some time to be here. And again, I apologize for the technical difficulty. Uh, the internet started going off and on, and there's a party going on next door. It's a mess, to be honest. No problem. Yes, and I have a tremendous respect for you, and I don't agree 100% with what you say on a few issues, but there's no one walking this earth that I agree with 100%, and I'm sure you are the exact same way. Yeah, I don't agree with myself most <laughs> of the time. Perfect, perfect. And how are you? Is everything okay out there where you're at? Yes. South Bend is now the center of the universe. We have a, our mayor is going to be the first gay president of the United States of America. Wow. That's pretty amazing. Well, that's what his narcissistic fantasy is. So uh, whether that happens or not, there's a lot of attention that's being focused on South Bend now. Largely, yes. uh, just to, he, he's listed stuff that he's done that uh, for the most part has not happened. But the reporters haven't awoken to that fact yet. Yes, of course. And again, going back to what I said, I have a tremendous respect for you and the assumption that some of my listeners won't be too familiar with you. I thought we could begin just with the basics here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you represent, Michael? 
Yes, uh, I am uh, the editor of Culture Wars magazine. I've written a number of books. Uh, I'm uh, the Jewish Revolutionary Spirit, Baron Metal, A History of Capitalism, as the conflict between labor and usury, libido dominandi, uh, slaughter of cities. Uh, I started out uh, in my professional life as uh, a professor of English at uh, St. Mary's College here in South Bend, Indiana. Got fired one year after I got here for being against abortion, which I found kind of shocking. So I decided at that point to get out of academe and go into publishing. Started a magazine and uh, have been doing that for pretty much the past 40 years now. And going back to your upbringing, were you raised in what is known as a traditional Catholic household? Yes, uh, traditional didn't have any meaning at that point. Uh, everybody was the same kind of Catholic uh, in the period immediately following uh, World War II. I was born in 1948, uh, raised in a, uh, started off in an Irish Catholic ethnic neighborhood, uh, and we were ethnically cleansed by black migration in 1954 and uh, moved into what became a, uh, was in fact a suburb, even though it was still inside the city. All houses had been built after the war there, so it was kind of like suburban development. And at that point, I began to think of myself, uh, I, I now realize in retrospect that I was a guinea pig in a social ex an experiment, social experiment. It was called social engineering, and that's, I wrote uh, Slaughter of Cities, basically to find out what happened to all those Catholic ethnics after World War II, and how they ended up leaving the city and moving to the suburb. So... It was pretty, uh, you know, it was traumatic in its way, but, uh, you know, nobody nobody understood what was going on. And I think that was the worst part of the whole thing. Well, before that, the first time I actually heard of you was way back. Blown away by it. Well, thank you. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yeah, but even before that, going way back in earlier years, at around 20, is, is it true you were stuck in traffic your way to Woodstock. Yes, that's true. It was on, on my honeymoon. Uh, so uh, I got married in 1969. This will be our 50th anniversary this coming August. And uh, we had heard about this big uh, concert, so we decided to go. And, of course, we never made it because the traffic was too bad. So uh, this was God's way of saving me from going to Woodstock. Wait a minute. You never made it. No, I never made it. Wow. That's unfortunate. I was one of many thousands of people stuck in traffic on the way there. It was a it was a place if you look into it, it was a place that was not accessible to large numbers of people. And so obviously there was going to be traffic jams and of course what did we know? But uh yeah, could have gone there. Wow, that that's unfortunate. I I really wish I could have been alive during those years to have witnessed that concert myself. Or maybe you, it's fortunate. Yeah, but you maybe know? yes, maybe for the right reasons why you weren't there. Yeah. So if this sin is in the intention, I committed the sin of going to Woodstock. Yeah. Again, definitely that you're not fearful of being outspoken. You're a great shooter. Great to have, especially in today's climate. Yes, we're seeing more and more restrictions placed on speech. 
I think uh, as the, the conventional narrative becomes more and more threatened, you will find the reaction is simply shutting people down. There's no pretense anymore of uh, uh, discussion, of coming to some type of consensus through con uh, discussion. It's all pretty much the uh, brutal censorship of ideas. So uh, it's all the more important that we be able to speak up and discuss things. It's true. I'm glad we are able to have this conversation. But unfortunately for you, a lot of information about you is a little good word for it. Biased? Well, not exactly accurate. But yes, yeah, so well, that, that too. Well, and, and also your Wikipedia page is now gone. Right. I was just going to mention that. For which I am grateful, to be perfectly honest with you. Wikipedia was such a disaster. I mean, Paul Craig Roberts just wrote an article on the whole thing. Uh, it was, seemed like a good idea. Uh, so we presented uh, a kind of short biography, and it was immediately taken over by people who don't like me or don't like what I'm saying. So the SPLC immediately got involved in changing around my Wikipedia page and turned it into basically a shortcut to anyone who wanted to slander me and didn't want to bother with doing any type of real research. And that's what it became. So uh, I don't know why, I don't know why they did this, but they, they decided they wanted to kick me off Wikipedia. All I can say is thank you for kicking me off Wikipedia. I should have kicked myself off years ago because it was all something that was concocted by my enemies. So we have a bigger, bigger issue here. What? Who are the who are the adults in the room at Wikipedia? That's true. Don't they, don't they understand that this is destroying the very thing that they stand for? I mean, if, if you can't believe if, if you're an encyclopedia and nobody believes what you say, well, doesn't that defeat the purpose of what you're trying to do? I mean, OK, maybe there's something uh, there that is. Like uh, maybe there's a page on the dark side of the moon. Uh, I don't think that's really that controversial. So maybe it's OK if you're going to look up something on the dark side of the moon. But anytime that you get into anything that certain people don't like, it's immediately uh, polemicized and uh, and weaponized and, and it's not accurate. Whether whether you like it or whether you don't like it, it's not accurate. And if it's not accurate, what's the point of going on Wikipedia? I agree. By the way, surprised that you are even allowed to post uh, any videos on your personal YouTube uh, page, Mike. Well, apparently they have different standards there. So I don't know. I mean, somebody's got a standard. Look, the only reason that these these things are going is because they are providing an alternative to the mainstream media that is desperately needed. So if they want to succumb to ideological intimidation and cut their own throat or kill the goose that lays the golden egg, I, I don't understand why you would want to do this. The whole point of this is to allow a discussion that couldn't take place otherwise. Uh, I, you know, I can understand you don't want people crying fire in a crowd. Sure, theater, but that's, sure. not, that's not what's going on here. That's what's not going on here. There are certain groups that are very powerful, and if they don't like what you say, you get censored with no rhyme or reason. So I, I did, uh, for example, uh, I had an, uh, an e-book called Jewish Nazis. Okay, now why did I call it that? Well, because that's what it was about. It was a review of a Hollywood movie called The Believer, which was about a Jewish Nazi. Uh, so 
okay, they censor my ebook, but they're still running the, they're still selling the DVD of the movie. Does really? this make any sense? I mean, what? so now you can't write movie reviews of mainstream Hollywood movies anymore? This makes no sense. The only way you can figure this out is that if some pressure group like the ADL or the SPLC uh, worm their way into these organizations and exert pressure that people feel that they can't resist. I mean, maybe if the people don't go along with these people, maybe they get fired or something like that. But they're it's not in their interest to do this. It's interesting because individuals generally very far. Well, first yes, of all, yes, we this don't isn't, know. We this don't isn't know a very this isn't a very progressive type of behavior, quote unquote. Yeah, well, that's not the way it works here. It's just that if they don't yes. like what you say, then you're a bad person. And I felt, so I'm, I'm just I'm mm -hmm. just trying to say this is counterproductive. Right. It's not going to work in the long run. It is so counterproductive. Yes. Caving into this this pressure now. If you it, it, it reminds me of the behavior of America's foreign policy right now. Okay, the only reason, the main reason that we have an American empire is because the dollar is the world's reserve currency. So now you have a Treasury Department that is determined, has put already put 40% of the world's population under economic sanctions. Every time you put someone under economic sanctions, you are forcing these people to go around the dollar as the world's currency. If you put enough people under it, you will cause that world currency, that reserve currency, to collapse, which means you are bringing about the end of the American empire, which is the very opposite of what you're intending to do. People should be aware of this. It's the same thing with this counterproductive attitude that we're going to censor everyone. You have this huge medium now with huge reach, and now you're going to censor everyone that you don't like according to criteria that you don't even state. So that even if someone wanted to go along with you, they couldn't, know, they couldn't because they don't know what the standards are. This doesn't make any sense. This is part of the contradiction we live in right now. Yes, I agree. By the way, because I wrote a book called The Jewish Revolutionary Spirit. Now that and that's book, how you ended up on the radar just by that simple. Yeah, the fact oh, that I wrote right. a book. So, so not I ended up on the SPLC list as a hate group. I'm not a group. First, I don't hate anyone, and secondly, I'm not a group. So why am I why am I put this way? What happened over this period of time is the SPLC just they were a fundraising operation that needed to create a demon a week. And they, they, they named so many people that eventually the whole thing collapsed. And now they're in trouble with something. Really. Morris Dees got kicked out of the organization. And then Cohen, the man who kicked him out, quit. So what, what happened over this period of time, uh, at some point, the, uh, the SPLC got involved with the FBI. Well, I know people in the FBI. They're telling me the main problem they have is is distinguishing between bogus intelligence and real intelligence. Same thing happened with the ADL. 1984, the ADL gets into this partnership with the FBI. What this means is that you stop looking for criminals. 
Mo Dalitz was a Jewish criminal uh, involved in the Jewish Navy, uh, involved in bootlegging, involved in gambling and all types of stuff. He eventually went to Las Vegas, which is where a lot of Jewish criminals went, uh, including Bugsy Siegel and Meyer Lansky. Okay, and but at once he got there, he started giving money to the ADL. It was a money laundering operation. So in 1984, the ADL gives him an award as their Tor Torches of Liberty Award, and suddenly the guy is sanitized. And then the same year, the ADL gets in bed with the FBI. Well, what you're doing here is you're 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 using the FBI to go after people you don't like. You're not the, the FBI is not going after criminals now. It's going after people the ADL doesn't like under the name of, quote, hate groups, unquote. This is a disaster for the FBI. It's a disaster for the country. And it has the effect is that basically it has destroyed that, that organization's credibility. And not as if as if we didn't know that with this last uh, Comey incident, the use of the FBI to go after Donald Trump is just one more step down this road of uh, lost credibility uh, because of the abuse of this government as government power as a form of settling scores with enemies of influential organizations that can worm their way in and take over the government. In, 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 in something like the, if it's the FDA and Monsanto, you call it regulatory capture. But this is the kind of regulatory capture that happened to the FBI with these with organizations like the ADL over this period of time. It's the same thing. Yes. And early on, you were also, like you mentioned, fired at the university for your stance. And when you first heard that news that you were going to be fired, what were you initially thinking? Were you thinking this was, is outrageous? Yeah, I was I was fired uh, for being against abortion at a Catholic college. So I had to go back to my dissertation advisor and say, well, I got fired. Well, why? Because of my stand on abortion. He says, well, I can understand that. It was a Catholic college. And I said, no, no, I was against abortion. So that was, uh, I felt like, well, wait a minute, what happened here? How did this come about? Uh, the short answer is that the feminists had taken over. The, it's not the university, it was St. Mary's College. Uh, uh, so that that was the short answer. My reaction at the time was, uh, Lord, why did you lead us out of Egypt only to perish in the wilderness? Uh, because I didn't have a job. I had just bought a house. I had a family to support and uh, didn't know what I was going to do. But, you know, God has a plan. And oftentimes his plan involves suffering on your part if you want to get to the next level of your life. And that was precisely the case with me. Uh, this led to me leaving academe, which is the best thing I ever did. And then the other best thing I did was start a magazine, which is, you know, has become a publishing venture at this point. And I've been doing that for the past 40 years. Yes. So I'm grateful for what they did to me. It was wrong and they have suffered the consequences. Uh, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I, that I was relieved of that position. Understood. And have you faced any more harassment from the ADL as of, you know, of course, here. Oh, well, of course. So there's they, more. They, put you, they put you on a blacklist. And so anybody who takes blacklist seriously 
uh, will go to the ADL, and there, there is their defamation of me. They, the ADL now calls anyone they don't like an anti-Semite. And being called an anti-Semite is the worst thing you can be called in this culture here. Yes, or the media now calls you a white nationalist. That's preposterous. That's the new even, one. Even the, AD, the ADL doesn't call me a white nationalist. So even they are honest enough to say that I have nothing to do with white nationalism. Yes. Uh, I don't. Sorry. Understood. And that's another thing that a lot of people have that misconception about you. They think you're a racist and you're this and you're that. You know, I've listened to you throughout various years down through time, and I've never actually got that sort of feeling. Never once thought you were a racist or any of these negative things the, well, I'm not. the media says about you. It's ridiculous. I just I just spent two weeks in Kenya in a shamba on Western in Western Kenya. I wrote the uh, up the article It'll appear in the next issue of Culture Wars. Sh should I send you pictures of me with with black people? I mean, this is ridiculous. Yes, it's silly. Well, I'll give you even a better example. There's a guy running for mayor in South Bend, uh, Indiana now. Uh, now that our gay mayor is off with his narcissistic fantasies. Yes. Uh, and uh, he uh, so when the mayor announced that he was homosexual, a group of black ministers contacted me and asked me to make a statement for their group. So sure, I'll do that. I'm against it. So we went there to a, a black church on the west side of town. And there on the steps, I stood in front of there. And there on the steps behind me are all these black ministers. So I make my statement. And that next day in the newspaper, the, the chairman of the Democratic Party of St. Joseph County, Jason Critchlow, who is now running for mayor, denounces me as a racist. Wow. Well, wait a minute. Did you look at the picture? I mean, if I'm a racist, why did they ask me to speak for them? Why did the black ministers ask me to speak for them? And secondly, if you look at the picture, why are they standing behind me? So this is this is like I, don't, I guess he didn't. He, I guess he's challenged when it comes to to uh, cuss words. Yes. I guess he only knows one or two. And by the way, uh, are you okay with taking calls? Sure. Look, someone's calling for you. I might be wrong. Caller, you are live. What's going on? How's it going, Drew? Did you have a question for our guest here? And which position did you want specifically answered? If you don't mind me asking. I'm not sure if he could actually hear you. No, I can't hear him. So you're going to have to repeat the question. I don't think he could hear you. Hold on, let's see. A talk for us here. Can you hear him now? No, can't hear anything. Is the weirdest thing. But you, I don't think we could hear you. You could hear me. Okay, excellent. Uh, Michael, can you hear him? No, can't hear him. We can't hear, he can't hear you. If you repeat the question, I'll try and answer it. Very unfortunate. I, I hear you loud and clear, yes. He can't hear you for whatever reason. I'm not sure why. He, yes. He wanted to know about the Southern Poverty Law Center. Is that what you said? Uh, it's a, it's a uh, it's it, it pretends to be a civil rights organization. It has nothing to do with civil rights. 
It uses the, the rhetoric of the civil rights movement to basically uh, attack anyone uh, to, to, the, uh, to the right of, uh, of uh, Joseph Stalin. So, uh, and they're completely reckless in leveling these accusations, and all they do, they do it simply to raise money for uh, fundraising. So they now have about a, a bank account of about $500 million. The people that work for them uh, say they never do lawsuits. They just raise money to raise money. And uh, in the process, ruin people's reputation by leveling false accusations against them. So uh, that's, other than that, yeah, that's the problem. And Drew... Michael just conveyed your guess that I, I agree with him 100%. And now the caller agrees with you 100%. I can, I can hear you now. He can hear you now, he says. Oh, okay, good, excellent. No, no, I agree with you 100%. And what I had mentioned earlier was, is it was, it was difficult for me, uh, as I'm listening uh, on the website, to specifically hear what your criticisms were for the Southern Poverty Law Center, but... No, thank you very much, and I agree with you 100% on your clarification of that organization um, and what they propose, what they, um, what they, uh, their position is, and what they actually do. So, no, so thank you very much, and I agree with you 100%. And Michael, well, that's all I had, and thank you for uh, uh, assisting me in dealing with the technical difficulties. Well, there's this a there's a lot here tonight. I'm just glad we are able to get things moving here, and everything seems to be working out now. Any, anything else? Are you good? And there he goes. Uh, no more questions. And there goes Drew. And yes, uh, Michael, I do apologize for the glitches there, but now everything's uh, smooth sailing now. Good. good. Yes. And and going back to the ADL and certain groups that go after you or anyone else that is outspoken, I myself have faced bit of issues with youtube as well they have demonetized me completely and i don't think they ever will again but that's not a big deal it's just weird that they got me for a uh, quote-unquote bullying and hate speech see we we've set, we have a situation here where you've a new technology has come into being and uh, nobody knows how to 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 deal with it there is basically, these people can come in and wreck your life, okay? We have all of these protections against government, we, but now you have organizations that have monopoly power, uh, pretty much, and can wreck your life, and there's no way to deal with it. You can't deal with it. There's no way. You can't call them on the phone and say, no, that was wrong. You can't contact them. Their decisions are completely arbitrary. Uh, you have no court of appeal. I mean, if, 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 if the government does something to you, you have a legal process where you can appeal their judgments or you can have the right to defend yourself in court. You have none of this, absolutely none of it in, in all of these new technologies. So how, how are we going to uh, bring fairness to this discussion? How are we going to do that? It's a great question. There must be an alternative eventually uh, to something like YouTube. Down the road, something will emerge eventually, and it blows my mind because I'm not someone who is as notorious as you are. I'm a much smaller entity, and it blows my mind that people like yourself have been persecuted for your ideology, my friend. I thought this was America. I thought we had freedom of speech. 
Apparently, that's not the reality in this current age. And by the way, Mr. Jones, we, we have another caller for you. Okay. I believe it's another call for you. Let, let's see. Caller, you are live on the air. What's going on? Hey, this is Vaporbat. How are you, Michael? Michael? Good. The Michaels good. are good. How how are you? Oh, I'm great. Uh, I just want to uh, – wait a minute. I, I just have to get some more vapor here for a second. Go ahead. Read that in if you'd like. Uh, okay. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, now, now I just wanted to say, um, uh, E. Michael Jones, I'm a big fan of yours. Um, I really love your uh, the, the work you're doing and, and the research, and uh, it's been very exciting for me to see a rise in popularity Thank in you. YouTube land. I, yeah, I see it everywhere out there. Um, so a question for you. Um, I want to get your take on this uh, Julian Assange yes. arrest. Great this question. Week. We are jumping a little bit ahead, but that is something that I did want to get your take on. But yes, go ahead. Michael. Uh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think uh, the, the the government was determined to get him. I don't know. He apparently they changed the mind of the president of Ecuador. He should have gone to Russia. He would be safe in Russia. But the uh, the government was deeply embarrassed by what he revealed. I, I remember that uh, that video of the uh, helicopter in Iraq. I don't remember if you if you've seen it. But uh, basically, it's just yeah. men standing around on the street corner. The, the helicopter opens fire on them and kills a, a couple of men. And there's one man lying in the street who's severely wounded. A car comes up to try and pick uh, pick this man up. And uh, they fire on the people who are trying to rescue this man, take him to the hospital. This is, this is a war crime. This is unconscionable. And, and what he did was expose what was really going on uh, in Iraq. So... What what you see now is well, we'll punish the messenger that brings the bad news, and that's why that's why he's being punished. But the the bigger picture is here is that we are now getting an accurate account of what these wars were were really like. Why are why are we punishing the messenger? Why aren't we holding the people accountable for for the war crimes that they committed? Well, that's that's the question that needs to be answered. Apparently. Uh, both John Bolton and Mike uh, uh, Pompeo have threatened uh, the United Nations and the, and the court uh, in The Hague that if they go after, if they try and uh, talk about war crimes in Afghanistan, that they will be they will be prosecuted. This is this is an absolutely tyrannical type of situation. We never should have been involved in Iraq in the first place. It was it was this country being dragged into Iraq. Uh, before my eyes, my unbelieving eyes, it led me to write the Jewish Revolutionary Spirit. So, um, you know, the, the, let, let's let's concentrate instead of punishing the messenger. Let's concentrate on the people who committed the crimes. Right. Let's deal with that. This me when I heard you saying that. This situation is intolerable. Yes, I agree, and there's there's no recourse. There there seems to be no recourse. This is, I I'm, I'm sorry, but you you sometimes I can hear you, sometimes I can't. So I don't know when I'm supposed to start talking. Or not. Yes, you were breaking up a little bit there, but now the audio should be fine. 
yeah, and, and you know, we give a little longer pauses here to for trans. Yes. Um, but yeah, the, the, it's intolerable is the expression. <clears throat> you know, like I said, that really resonated with me um, that that you said. Um, but if there if there's a silver lining here, uh, Doctor Jones, uh, rest assured in knowing that QAnon now dead or dying. So <laughs> uh, there's the silver lining. Phenomenon. Michael, did you hear that? No, I, I didn't hear you. Your repeated. Oh, we didn't hear you. Oh, can you hear me now, Michael? I can hear you now. So, what was what were you saying? Oh, I was just saying. Um, a, a silver lining in all of this is it appears that the uh, QAnon uh, LARP is uh, quickly coming to an end now. Have you uh, caught any of that? No, I don't you know, know what, what is what is QAnon. What are you talking yes, about? Yes, I, I don't think he's familiar with any of that sort of oh. sort of thing, my friend. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not worth getting in. Yeah, it, it's another one of these, uh, you know, psyop psyop uh, uh, <laughs> stories going yes. around. Yes, well, anytime something originates from, let's say, 4chan or 8chan, uh, well, you know, the I guess you could say the validity validity of it is questionable, highly. My personal opinion. Yeah, that is, of course, of course. Yes, um, you got to be very uh, cautious of those um, sort of things. Yes, yes. Any anonymous sources. Uh, yes, you want to be very. You should approach with caution. Right, and by the way, when, um, well, I can. I, mm -hmm. I want to. Yeah, I, I want to make room for other callers, so I'm going to jump off here. Oh, okay, and, uh, Michael's uh, for everything. Okay, take care. Thank, Thank you. And. I was just going to quickly mention here how they were getting Julian Assange from the embassy there. He kind of reminded me of Saddam Hussein in appearance. He had that bewildered look in his eye. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. And you can only imagine what was uh, what must have been running through his head. Yeah. Yeah, I heard. I had what kind. Someone contacted me and told me he was having a religious, uh, a kind of religious conversion. Uh, I hope he succeeded in doing that uh, because this is what suffering is there for. Suffering is there to bring you closer to God. Because normally, if everything's going okay, you don't you don't feel you need God. So I hope there's some as I found. Uh, some type of meaning to my suffering. I hope he can find some meaning to his. It's a good answer there. Hopefully he does find some purpose in his life as well. And by the way, do you think Julian Assange is a hero or a villain, Michael? I think that what he revealed uh, had to be revealed in order to, for us to understand the magnitude of the evil that uh, was being perpetrated in the name of the United States in Iraq. I agree. I don't think he's an evil person, but the staff that worked there probably do. I think he was making a bit of a mess there, and they kind of got mad at him there. Don't know. I don't know the inside <laughs> story. Someone who does is uh, Israel Shamir. You should talk to him about it. No doubt. And, of course, there's... 
Another issue I did want to ask you about here, in terms of ideology, you are against gay marriage, is that correct? Right. And you are familiar with Pete Buttigieg, correct? Right, he's the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. And all this time, what has been your perception of uh, Mr. Buttigieg? He's, uh, he's a guy who's uh, created the greatest resume in the history of the planet Earth. Everything he does is there to create a resume. So he showed up here um, um, out of the blue. He, first of all, let me say this. He grew up two houses down from where I live. Okay, never met the guy. Never. I knew his father. I met his father when he came here. His father was a professor at Notre Dame University who was a, an ex-Jesuit uh, who basically led the, uh, uh, the uh, what should I say, uh, turned the English department in at Notre Dame University into Foucault studies, uh, a, a form of not studying literature, but a form of promoting cultural subversion. Uh, he was—he didn't produce anything. He didn't write any books. The only book in the library is uh, his dissertation on James Joyce, which has all the modernist cliches that he would ridicule later on in his life. Uh, uh, so uh, he mainstreamed Foucault at, uh, at Notre Dame. He was studying. He edited the notebooks of Antonio Gramsci. He was a, a major class political schemer. And his son, uh, the current mayor, has this ambivalent relationship to him. In other words, the first thing is father um, homosexuality, the cause of homosexuality is father deprivation. So obviously he suffered from some type of father deprivation. But on the other hand, he learned all of this political scheming from his father. So it was this ambivalent relationship. So what you have now is a man who has dedicated his life to basically being groomed to be the servant of the oligarchs. He did this at the time when Indiana, state of Indiana, is waking up to the fact that they have no, the people don't, the parties don't represent their interests. The parties represent the interest of the oligarchs. And so when, the, uh, when Indiana tries to do something about this, like specifically the homosexual agenda that's being forced on this state, and they pass, pass the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, the CEOs descend on Indianapolis and basically overturn the rule of law. Well, that's what Pete Buttigieg stands for. He is a man, first of all, who could not get elected anywhere in the state of Indiana. He got elected here uh, in South Bend, uh, in a, a five-way primary, Democratic primary, which is the only the only election that counts in St. Joe County because the Republican Party has no power whatsoever. And he did it by deliberately uh, hiding his homosexuality. If he had announced that he was a homosexual during that primary, he never would have been elected. Okay, so he gets in under false pretenses. And then uh, the second election comes up. Well, he's all he's, he's there's no primary now, which means there's no challenge at this point. He announces that he's a homosexual, uh, and then he goes on to claim that he won 80 percent of the vote. Well, no, that's not true. That's not you're not being honest here. 11 percent of the people registered voters showed up 
to vote in that election. And he won 80% of 11%, which wow. to my reckoning comes down to 8.8% of the voters chose him. This is not a mandate for anything. If I've said this before, but if this election had taken place in Bosnia, the United Nations would have declared it invalid. This is the type of uh, uh, mendacity that this man has made a career out. He's a young man, it's a short career, but it's yeah. been mendacity of this sort from beginning to end. Isn't he about 37? He's 37 years old. Yeah, he's pretty That's young. Right. Very young guy, and I don't really know too much about him or much of his background. I'll take your word for it. Well, I mean, what you're seeing is a huge publicity campaign because David Axelrod, the man who created Obama, is using Pritzker family money to promote him. So this is, he's like the next Obama. Oh, he's back. Yeah, he's backed by the heavy players then. Yeah, and so they can get you on Ellen and they can get you on Stephen Colbert. Ah. But, but the point here is that all those things failed with the Donald Trump election. Uh, the people, of, everybody knew that they were being a bad people by supporting Donald Trump, and they voted anyway, because that's the system. That's what we believe in. That's called the democratic process. And so even if you can't, uh, don't feel like answering the pollster who calls you up on the phone, you can go express yourself uh, in the voting booth. Now, what this means is that the, the mass media lost control. The mainstream media lost control of the American mind. That's a good thing. That's that's what Donald, the Donald Trump election meant. And yes. now I think that the people like David Axelrod are saying, well, that was just a momentary blip. We're going to take it back now because we're going to be able, we're going to promote a homosexual. And so there's this kind of sense that, well, we had the first black so-and-so, and we had the first woman so-and-so. Well, now we're going to have the first gay so-and-so. Amazing. And by the way, Michael, I'm sorry to cut you off, but uh, we do have a caller here. Caller, you are live on the air. What's going on? Uh, hello. Uh, I'm a big fan of Michael Jones, and I just had one little question for him. Uh, is it Logos or Logos? I could answer that. It's Logos. Because, I mean, I've watched a lot of interviews you hear, like, Logos, Logos. Well, that's I mean, true. It's, you it's have, like, a traditional pronunciation. So how do you pronounce that? Logos. Huh? Logos. Yes, Logos. It, it depends on your region. Yeah, if you're from Philadelphia, you say Logos. I mean, personally, I like Logos because it just has more, like, impact. It sounds cool. Logos sounds a little bit weak. Yes, it, it kind of sounds like uh, you're playing with Legos. Like you're playing with toys. <laughs> <laughs> Logos does sound a little bit more, yeah. you know, has a little bit more balls, per se. There is, this is a powerful word. Now we're, I'm hearing that there's a Logos movement in the world. There's hashtags Logos rising. This is what, this is what it's come down to. This is odd, but I mean, this is, this is the cutting edge of history, world history right now. It's South Bend, Indiana. It's E. Michael Jones and Pete Buttigieg. And Pete Buttigieg says, uh, uh, you know, he's going to be the first gay president and so on and so forth. And E. Michael Jones says, Logos 101 is, is the anus a sex organ. 
If not, this is this is what this is the choice that you're faced with here, and and maybe the country will be faced with this. We can't tell because it seems to be that that's the way it's forming up. This is the way. So so we're we're faced with this. Is is reality what you say it is, or is it reality what God says it is? Is if it's what you say it is, who are you? Well, if you're rich and powerful, if you got the backing of David Axelrod. Then, uh, then the oligarchs take you seriously, but that doesn't mean that anyone else's reality is going to fly. So what you have here is a man now who's saying to Mike Pence, "God made me this way. God made me a homosexual." Yeah, the media. So I'm completely powerless when it comes to that, but yet I'm the complete master of the universe when it comes to my narcissistic fantasy of becoming president of the United States. These two things are related. They're both uh, one side, two sides of the same coin, and that is the coin of narcissism that characterizes homosexuals and homosexual behavior. So maybe, maybe this is God's plan for human history. Maybe it's going to be you're going to have to decide now. Maybe that's maybe that's what's forming here. I don't know. Yes, and caller, anything else? Or did we lose you? For answering my question. Uh, Cutting in and out. Being late, so I ought to go to bed now. Ah, uh, yes. Well, thank, thank you for the you for yes. that, Michael Jones. Really, it was a pleasure uh, talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Goodbye. You. Thank you for calling. Get some rest. There he goes. Yes. Since we are talking about, gentlemen, here's what your take is on the other potential candidates that are potentially running here like bernie sanders per se what's your perception on one bernie sanders i think he's trying to address the 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 big the economic issues see what what happened here uh with i mentioned foucault i mean basically what with foucault uh what you had was a a pact with the devil uh, where he says basically to the oligarchs, if you give us unlimited sexual liberation, we will not criticize your economic system. That is the new left. That is the orthodoxy of our day. That is why the government promotes homosexuality, because it diverts everyone from the problem, from economic problems that people are suffering under right now. Okay, this is why Donald Trump got elected. He came to South Bend, Indiana, and he talked about carrier air conditioning moving their plant to Mexico, and that resonated with the audience. That's, 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 so I'm, I'm glad that Bernie Sanders is talking about real issues. Unfortunately, I mean, unless I'm mistaken, what we're seeing here is socialism, which is not the solution to economic problems. Yes. The, the economic, the, the, the only viable American uh program, as far as I can tell, is America first. Trump channeled this uh, during his election campaign. It's not what he's doing now. Now his, his administration is basically Israel first when it comes to a foreign policy. Yes, that's another question but, I, I did have but, in mind. Go ahead. But, but there was a, a real policy called America first, and it was basically, let's keep America out of these foreign wars, which is directly relevant today, more relevant than it was in the 1930s, and let's build up the manufacturing base because labor is the source of all value and manufacturing is the source of prosperity. These are two 
perfectly valid points that are even more valid in our day than they were in the 1930s. And the problem here is that anytime you talk about America first, those people, the people who are proposing that, are, are demonized as anti-Semites, which is a, simply a way of shutting off a conversation that has to happen, has to happen. So it's unfortunate that that's kind of what goes on, sort of being vilified for different purposes. And of course, I did want to get your take on another candidate that would Joe Biden. He's still ahead in polls for whatever reason. Yeah, well, I, um, I'm, I find it hard to get enthused about Joe Biden. I same here. I mean, he's been he's a fellow Catholic, okay, who has done his very best to make sure that his Catholicism doesn't influence any of the policies that he's been involved in. So he's one of those worn out uh, uh, pro-abortion Catholic politicians that have have littered uh, recent history and have uh, basically turned the entire Catholic population off. Not the entire population, but a huge segment of the Catholic population simply left the Democratic Party uh, because of the, 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 the complete determination of the Democratic Party to promote abortion. So they've been cutting their, cutting, they've been cutting their throats. Uh, a, a pro, uh, an anti-abortion Catholic politician is a contradiction in terms. And uh, our late senator, former Senator Joe Donnelly, was proof of that. He was he was a man who was uh, elected in reaction to Bush, the Bush administration. He stayed there and could do nothing because he was caught in the middle. He was like a deer in the headlights. He didn't represent anything. And so the voters just let him go. Same thing with Rick Santorum. Yes. Pennsylvania. Rick Santorum was the Catholic guy. He would come to Notre Dame and he'd thump his chest about having eight children. Yes. God, God bless you. God bless you, Rick. You have eight children. I'm, I'm proud of you for doing that. But as, as I yes. said when he was there, I asked him, I said, are you, do you represent the Israel lobby? <laughs> you should have seen the look on his face when I asked that question. Well, of course you do, Rick. And that's why you lost the election, because the Catholics in Pennsylvania got this tired of you singing bomb, 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 Iran. I had a that's feeling you bring that up. you know how to sing. <laughs> Rick Santorum, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Well, this is part of what I'm talking about. I mean, he, he reminded when you mentioned Joe Biden, I <laughs> yes. think Rick Santorum. No problem. That's a good one. And, you know, I'm looking more at, at, at the names here and... I find it hard to believe that any of these people can actually uh, take the chair from, from Trump, to be honest with you. But maybe I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't know. Trump has done his best to alienate uh, the base that elected him, as far as I can tell. I mean, he's, he's doing his best to alienate me. I mean, I, what, his, his Israel first policy uh, foreign policy is certainly not the reason I voted for this guy. It's certainly not the reason I voted for him. The Trump I remember is the one standing up before the, the Republican Jewish uh, caucus and saying, don't give me your money because if you want money, if you give me your money, you want to control me. Well, if there's ever a guy who's been controlled by the Israel lobby, it's Donald Trump. Yes, and to back what you just said, the Senate passes bill to enshrine $38 billion 
military aid package to Israel into law. Is that what you're referring to? I don't believe I was referring to that. No, no. Uh, well, I, I was, I was, mm -hmm. when you're talking about Donald Trump, I was referring to his overthrowing of the nuclear agreement with uh, Iran, yes. moving the capital to Israel, recognizing the Golan Heights, all of these things, has done nothing in a sense to, it doesn't really benefit Israel, but it does antagonize the entire world and make the world a less a stable place, a less peaceful place. People on the internet are calling him a Zionist. Is that how you feel? I, I, how could you not call him a Zionist? <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, he, make, he makes uh, Benjamin Netanyahu look moderate by comparison. How can you not say that? I, I, don't, I don't understand. Uh, all right, I'll give you my best attempt to explain this. Go ahead. He's been, he's been under attack from the deep state from the minute he stepped into office. They've been trying to destroy him. That Mueller investigation was an attempt to destroy him. It could be considered treason, as far as I can tell. Okay? I think there's the people who are involved in that should be indicted for trying to overthrow the government. But, you know, but this, I think the main purpose of that was to derail any possibility of detente with Russia. And they may very well have succeeded. Because it made it impossible for him to make any overtures to Russia without being called a traitor and saying, "Ha, ah, we told you so. He's conspiring with the Russians. I read this ridiculous book, House of Putin, House of Trump, the type of slander that was launched against him. So, I mean, maybe that's the case. I don't know. I don't know. I think that that really derailed his Russian policy. I don't think it explains it maybe it explains his policy toward Israel, because it seems to me the only group that is big enough and powerful enough to stand up to the deep state is the Israel lobby and the Jews in America. And I think he felt that he had to get them on his side in order to save him from the deep state. Uh, that's, that, I've said this before. I still don't have a better explanation of why he would so recklessly abandon the mandate that was given to him by the people of places like Indiana. And will you vote for him? Just curious. I did vote, I did vote for him, yes. No, I meant coming up. Ah, uh, well, you know, who's going to run against him? You don't know who's yet. Who's going to run against him? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm, uh, you know, w w would, it was like uh, the last election. Would, would, who wouldn't you vote for if Hillary Clinton were running against that person? That's terrible. Vlad the Impaler? Would you <laughs> vote for Vlad the Impaler over Hillary Clinton? I think I would. I think I might actually, yeah. That I think I, Vlad had his good side. That's more than I can see for Hillary. Hillary had that moment. I, I, I will never forget this moment of Hillary Clinton laughing at the death of Muammar Gaddafi. Laughing about it with her feminist friends there, cackling over the death, the man she murdered, and the country she destroyed. I will never forget that. That's very interesting. Never. It's very interesting how that family has been able to get away with many, with various heinous acts throughout history. Yeah. Without any punishment. No, no, it's absolutely the case. Yes. Why, why isn't she in The Hague? being tried for war crimes. If there were ever a war crime, it was the assault and on and destruction of Libya. It even goes further way back to Mena, Arkansas, when that was that money actually was used to fund their whole campaign in the early days. 
which is which of course is denied by Bill. We all know he denies it, but yes, yes. Come on, so, you know. So anyway, she lost. He so did. yes, that, and... that, that, what, this may be. I think what uh, we're seeing here is the end of identity politics. I think it's gotten as far as it's going to go. I think apparently her husband warned her against this identity politics road. The the the, the Democratic Party is wedded to identity politics. So naturally, that's going to set the situation up for someone who comes up and starts talking about America. You know, make America great again. Well, this is the return of the repressed, and it worked. No one, no one, I mean, I've said this before, but no one has ever called me anti-American because nobody believes in America anymore. There is no America. Great there are only these, these, these interest groups, identity groups. And so we don't celebrate the 4th of July anymore in South Bend, Indiana. We celebrate, we have a gay pride march because every parade now has to be a gay pride parade. Well, you're setting yourself up for a reaction when you do something this extreme. And Donald Trump was a reaction. And as far as I can tell, that reaction will continue. Yes. And Michael, by the way, since we are talking about Trump right now, the whole mainstream media their narrative fell to pieces in terms of the whole russian collusion but now as things are truly as divided as they are here in america who does the public trust now to get their news can uh, you blame people for not trusting the media anymore no no they've lost they lost their credibility Trump's election was proof that they had lost their control over the American mind. Think back, I've said this before, but think back to Walter Cronkite announcing that a lone deranged gunman had killed John F. Kennedy. Oh, yes. Well, everyone believed it because Walter Cronkite said it. Yes, sir. I mean, I don't, most him. people don't yeah. believe it anymore, but they certainly believed it. Well, think of the change now in consciousness from then to now, and you have some understanding of how much power that the mainstream media have lost. Look, in many ways, this whole Buttigieg campaign is proof of what, what everyone has been saying. In other words, if you have the money, of course you can get on Ellen, and of course you can get on Stephen Colbert. You can get on every single talk show host, because guess what? That's why they're there. They're there to tell you how to vote, and how to think, and what to wear, and what to eat. And who to fear. And who to fear, and who your enemy is, and so on and so forth. Well, we know that now. We know that. Well, that's, uh, that's a big step in terms of consciousness. And that's what's going to happen here. I was talking to 20-year-olds this morning at breakfast, at our usual breakfast meeting. Nice. And I said, it's going to come down to, to your generation, because... Somebody like Pete is planning on their support. And I'm saying the, the, the reaction is building on these YouTube channels and these YouTube programs and all these, these media. And they're waking up to the fact that they have been ruthlessly exploited, ruthlessly exploited by, by being loaded down with student loan debt 
not being able to get a job, growing up with pornography and the ruthless type of exploitation that that is, and to a point where they, they simply cannot do what 20 years are supposed to do, which is basically form a family. This is the time when you get out there and you form a family, and they are intellectually crippled uh, and, and incapable of doing it, but now they're aware that they're incapable of doing it, and that is going to provoke their reaction. Because now you can focus their attention and say, I can explain to you why that is. And I can explain that there's a viable alternative, and that, lo that alternative is called Logos. And yes. suddenly there's a movement out there. And so this is, I think, where world history is being focused on this contest right now. Is it Logos? Is there an impersonal order created by God that we're all... We all have to follow, no matter who you are, no matter how much money you have, or is it the the illusion machine creating people like Pete Buttigieg, who claims to be something and ends up being nothing more than a tool of the oligarchs being promoted by all the oligarch uh, media outlets? That's what it's up to, and they are in the crucial uh, group that's going to have to decide where they stand. And that reminds me, there's only one other name I forgot to mention to you, and that is one Cory Booker, who is very much behind the slavery reparations. I believe he's yeah. the one who introduced the bill. Yeah, yeah. What's your take on that? Oh, reparations? Yeah, before we move on. What's we have your... reparations. We've had reparations already. It's called welfare. <laughs> Good point. No, you're right about that. Uh, we have affirmative action. We have welfare. I mean, it, it, I mean, whatever you want to say. First of all, the Jews have a monopoly on reparations. They are the only people that are successful in getting reparations, and they are going to bleed Germany dry if they have if they have to. They can go in and loot any country. And so, if the blacks think that they have the power of the Jews in this regard, if they think the Jews will tolerate them claiming reparations the way the Jews do, they are mistaken. The Jews will never allow this. It's like saying the Jews will recognize that there was a Holocaust in the Ukraine when the Jewish commissar, Lazar Kaganovich, starved 11 million people to death. They will never allow that, and they'll never allow this. So give it up, fellas. Give it up, Corey. It's not going to happen. Yes, and moving on here, we've been talking a lot about Logos, and I wanted you to explain just a little bit further to those out there who are new to this term and have never heard it before. Logos is the Greek word for speech. It is the Greek word for reason. It is the description of the order of the universe. All of these things, I mean, when I studied Greek, uh, I was stunned to see that this one word has like five columns uh, in the Liddell uh, Scott English Dictionary. Uh, equivalent of English words. We have been impoverished uh, because we, our vocabulary is not as rich as the Greek vocabulary in this regard. So we, the, the, the great use of this word comes in the Gospel of St. John, where St. John, now faced with the fact that the Jews have kicked the Christians out of the synagogue, that it, now they're going to have to start talking to the outside world, which speaks Greek, wrote his Gospel in Greek, and the first sentence is, in the beginning, there was Logos. 
second sentences and logos was with God, and then the culminating sentence and logos is God. This is a, a sentence that has changed the world. And if you don't understand this sentence, you are not, you, the world uh, is going to leave you behind. The world of intellectual development is going to leave you behind. And that's the gist of the book that I'm writing right now. So what we're seeing here is the alternative we are faced with is the illusion machine. Uh, let's say Kennedy's mystery clause in Planned Parenthood versus Casey. Freedom means the right to declare uh, your uh, uh, what being, the, the meaning of being, the meaning of existence. Well, this is complete illusion. Do you think that, that some poor slob who can't get a job, who's in debt with student loans, can he declare the meaning of existence? Well, no. Of course not. He can't. Of course not. So the only people who can do it, who have the illusion, are the people who do the bidding of the oligarchs, because that's what they're there to do. And so they can say, well, I, I, I can be a homosexual, and there's nothing morally wrong with that because I have created my own religion, and my religion says there's nothing wrong with it. Well, if you say that, they'll put you in a mental hospital unless you're doing the bidding of the oligarchs, which is what Pete Buttigieg is doing, and then you get promoted. But to say that that's your right, well, you're crazy. You're crazy if you think that's your right. You have what we have to do is get back to a world where everybody has to respect logos the God-given order of the universe, whether you're rich or whether you're poor. And what we've seen over the past half century, and what I've described in my books, is the use of phony liberation, like sexual liberation, as a form of political control. Yes. That's just the libido dominante. That's the world we live in. And that's what Pete Buttigieg is trying to perpetrate on the world right now, on the United States. Yes, and we'll get into that in a moment here. Because all these things tie in. I want to go back to Catholicism for a moment here. You are well aware, Michael, there has been lots of issues surrounding the Vatican. They faced lots of criticism over the years. For example, people think they promote harm and lies, sex trafficking of nuns, and the illegal moving of pedophiles around church church they simply turn blind eye they say and the jehovah witnesses as well they faced these sort of issues over at the watchtower in new york very similar to what the vatican faces uh, michael i do want to get your take on all these issues that surround the vatican yes well first of all there has been a campaign against the Catholic Church ever since the end of World War II. Uh, in the beginning, it was people like Paul Blanchard writing books like American Freedom and Catholic Power, but the issue was always sexuality, okay? The, the Catholics in the 1930s had imposed a production code on the Jews in Hollywood, which limited their ability to corrupt the morals of the American people. The Jews were never happy. There were people who were uh, likewise unhappy with this. And so they basically tried to overturn whatever cultural power the Catholics had. And the means they used this was the sexualization of the clergy. The plan was created by a man by the name of Wilhelm Reich, 
You can read his book. He wrote it in the 1930s in Vienna, where there was a battle between the Catholics and the communists. And he said, the book is called The Mass Psychology of Fascism. And he said, basically, you don't want to debate the existence of God with a seminarian. You always lose. What you do is you awaken his sexual feelings, gets him operating on his sexual feelings, and then the idea of God will evaporate from his mind. That program was put into effect in the United States of America through uh, organizations like the American Jewish Committee uh, and their Authoritarian Personality uh, Project, which was aimed at Catholics, both here and in, in Europe. It was put into effect in Germany, uh, where a much more ruthless version of it was put uh, was enacted because Germany was a conquered country. The United States occupying power then sent Jewish commissars to Germany, uh, a man by the name of David Mordecai Levy, a psychiatrist, Jewish psychiatrist from New York City, was in charge of handing out licenses in conquered Germany. Any periodical book movie, play that got produced in Germany had to get a license from Dr. Levy, who had this ancestral animosity toward Germany. They then used these magazines to basically corrupt the sexual morals of the German people. Pope Benedict has just uh, written something about his take on the cause. He says it started in the 60s. Pope Benedict is wrong. It started in the 40s. As soon as the Währungsreform, the currency reform took place in Germany, schmutz und schutz, smut and filth, was being pumped into Germany as a way for people to spend their money. It was a concentrated, concerted effort on the part of uh, the groups that I'm talking about mm -hmm. to corrupt the morals of the German people and the American people because they knew that sexual liberation could be used as a form of control. Wilhelm Reich ended up on the cover of New York Times Magazine in 1970. That program led to the sexualization of the clergy. The sexualization of the clergy led to these priests acting on their desires be, uh, that they would not have acted on before. Some of them were what that led to was basically an exodus of heterosexuals who had to get married. If they wanted to get married, they had to leave the church. It led to a concentration of homosexuals within the church. And these are the people who are responsible for the abuse crisis. So the, the, the church uh, was socially engineered. That is the source of this. Uh, I go into detail about the German situation in a, a new ebook I just wrote called Werner Heisenberg and Jewish Science. You can get it on Kindle. Don't take my word for it. Here, read the book and check the footnotes, and I think you'll find that it's an airtight case. Yes. That's what happened. That's the source of it. And the church still ha has not awoken to the fact of social engineering. They still don't know what it is. Yes, it's very interesting, of course. Pope Benedict did break silence on the church's sex abuse crisis and blames the sexual revolution and liberals. You, of course, like you said, you've talked about this before in your book, the whole sexual revolution. And you've also said every revolutionary movement has been started by Jews. That's not mine. That's Louis Israel Newman. Who's a rabbi? Wrote that book. Oh, I apologize. I'm just, I'm just quoting him. Yes, you were quoting him. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Very interesting. So they were they were heavily involved in the sexual revolution. They are involved today in the sexual revolution. Amy Dean in Tacoon Magazine said Jews are behind gay marriage. If I say that, I'm called an anti-Semite. Right. And well, this is as I said before, this is intolerable. Right. This is intolerable. Yes, and as as I was saying earlier, back in 2015, I had randomly came across your book, Lobito Dominandi. That book, like I said, it, I was completely fascinated by it, and I really read it without knowing anything about you or about this sort of history and time. And it's a wonderful book. I do recommend it to everyone out there. I, I was just curious. Your your books are are very expensive, Michael. <laughs> are are you gonna are you gonna give me some sort of a discount, Michael? <laughs> I hope you I hope you're getting the reference to where I'm getting that joke from. Uh, I'm referring back to an interview you did, yeah, by uh, some Jewish guy. Tried to Jew me down. He tried to Jew you. <laughs> Amazing. What, was was he being serious? By the way, I think so. Holy <laughs> shit! That, now I that was interesting. <laughs> it's it's really one of those moments you couldn't have made up. You know, you you had to have been there, or. It had been recorded like it was. And, and that was gold, by the way. I'm glad you actually thought something like that go down. It's, it's what I said. As I said then, <laughs> it's a bargain at $48 because uh, it, it's, uh, it's going up to $1,000 a copy. There were people when, I, when, I, when the supply was uh, small, smaller than the demand, there were people who were buying my book and selling it for five, dollars $600 on the Internet. And then one guy felt so bad he sent me a contribution, which was probably not much of what he made on the on those sales. So it's a bargain at forty eight dollars. And otherwise, because I have I, I that's the way I earn my money. I'm not uh, asking you for donations. All I'm asking you is just pay the workman his wage. That's true. I, it took me, uh, you know, I probably if the time I put into that book, if I earn minimum wage, I'm lucky. Yeah, so you put a lot of time into your books. I definitely don't see anything wrong with you selling your books for any of these prices that they may be. Lots of good homework goes into these books. You don't just release these books without being backed with some facts. Well, it's been out. The Jewish Revolution was out for 11 years now. And uh, so far, I mean, you can read the reviews on Amazon if you want, but where where is the refutation? There's no refutation out there. This is the, the, the response is the SPLC calling me an anti-Semite because I wrote a book about Jewish history that's based primarily a, a lot on the, the writings of Heinrich Graetz, who was the father of Jewish uh, the, the historiography. So we, we have reached, you know, it used to be uh, when you wrote a book, the people would write letters to the editor or they'd have to sign their own name or they'd write book reviews and they have to sign their own name. And you'd have this back and forth, you have discussion of the issues. Well, those days are long gone now. Now you have bots uh, writing anonymous reviews on right. uh, the, the, the Pete Buttigieg ebook. It's a good example. Go to uh, Amazon Kindle, look at the reviews. Well, the, the Buttigieg campaign is attacking me anonymously, and you can tell who they are because they never bought the book. That's so funny. Well, if you didn't buy the book, you can't read the book. And if you can't read the book, if you didn't read the book, you have no right to write a review of it. Yes, I think also someone in the chat room was uh, freaking out 
a minute ago over over some of the things you were just saying. I think they were triggered. They were calling you a racist. So here we go again, Michael, with people that don't fully understand anything about your work, what you represent. Uh, you have people like that that drop in and go crazy at times. Yeah, yeah. So maybe there's maybe they're sincere, or maybe they're just paid to do what they're doing. You never know. It's well, anonymous. They can true. do whatever they want. There, there are corporations. It turns out that there was a bot that was working for the Netanyahu campaign. Just a computer making comments. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, this is the world we live in. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me because there are corporations that do hire people to do either that. Uh, by man or by bot to go around and police certain websites and, of course, leave uh, negative comments, try yeah. to influence things. It's just, it's just the world we live in. We, you know, that's the world we live in. That's what we have to put up with. Um, God has a purpose uh, in all of this type of stuff, and his yes. will be done. Right, and going back to these clergy men who committed these heinous acts. Can you forgive them personally, Michael? That's what I want to know. I, there's, there's no reason for me to forgive anyone personally. I've never been sexually molested by anyone. That was what a per, that's what personal things would be. Uh, first of all, um, the incidence of this type of behavior is no higher in the Catholic Church than in any other institution. Uh, let's take uh, Hollywood, for example. Sure. Uh, why is it that Brian Singer gets a pass every time someone levels an accusation against him? If Brian Singer were a Catholic priest, he'd be in jail now. Woody Allen, uh, all of these people, this is selective prosecution. What we had are two grand juries in Pennsylvania, one in Philadelphia and one in Harrisburg. Uh, the Philadelphia grand jury came up with zero indictments, but nonetheless published the names uh, uh, of 300 priests. Well, wait a minute. If you can't level an indictment, why are you publishing this material? In, in Harrisburg, another Jewish prosecutor, as in Philadelphia, one indictment, 300 priests, millions of dollars. This is an attack on the Catholic Church. <laughs> Has it occurred to anyone that that's a possibility here? That's what's going on. There is a colossal double standard here. There is no higher incidence of this type of behavior in the Catholic Church than in any other institution. You name it. Boy Scouts, public school teachers, Hollywood directors, you name it. There's no difference. Yes, Why yes. is the church being singled out? Because the church is the only institution left that stands up for an integral understanding of sexual morality. That's why this is happening. Amazing. And someone did mention Harvey Weinstein in the chat room, and I agree. That's another person. Should have gone down a very long, long time ago. Yes. And what you had there was... Uh, um, scapegoat i think possibly i'm pretty sure some of those women well not some i think all of them kind of already knew what was going down michael i i did an article on harvey weinstein and oh, i did, did research into some of these women and it turns out that pretty much every single woman that le leveled an accusation against harvey weinstein has a sex tape on the internet really 
Yes. Oh, that's interesting. So wait a minute, how, honey, tell me this: how how did that sex tape end up on the internet? What what's what's the psychological dynamic that's going on here? I think that what we're talking about is you begin with shame when you do something wrong, especially in the sexual arena. If you do it long enough, you become shameless, which means you're going to uh, brag about the thing that causes the shame because that's one way of dealing with it. And if you're shameless for long enough, you become an exhibitionist. In other words, you're driven to have some type of public demonstration of the things causing you the shame as a way of relieving you of that shame. So the classic example would be the, the gay pride parade. Right. Okay. Sexual behavior, uh, homosexual behavior leads to shame. Uh, at a certain point, you've, you're so hardened in that vice, you can't stop. It's become a habit. You become shameless. And at a certain point, you have to make it public one way or the other. And so you go and you walk on the gay pride parade wearing your jock strap or something like that, and God didn't strike you dead, so therefore, I guess I'm okay. There's a catharsis that goes here, and I think that's what we saw here with, with Harvey Weinstein. Interesting take, and I agree with you on some of the points. And we were talking about earlier about same-sex marriage. You were totally against that. I'm totally with you. I don't exactly hate the gays or hate anyone. I don't think you hate anyone either. I don't hate anyone. I love the sinner and I hate the sin. And what you're seeing here with gay marriage is a total undermining of the institution of marriage. Marriage, if two men, one man can marry another woman, you're ridiculing the institution that created all of us. We were all born into families, whatever, whether they were good, bad, or indifferent, great, or dysfunctional, but we were all born of women, of an act of sexual intercourse between a man and a woman that was supposed to take place in marriage so that you could raise that child to be a productive citizen. This is a mockery of that. And how someone like Pete Bruges can say that he's a Christian and yet at the same time say he can marry a man is beyond me. Is this, am I the only guy out there who, and it was interesting. There was a, Pete, uh, his, his uh, whatever it is, whatever he calls him. <laughs> yes. His, his uh, partner, okay, partner. did Light a speech partner. in yes. front of the Human Rights Commission. And then there's the speech, and then it's on YouTube, you get out, wait a minute, comments disabled. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Why were those comments disabled? I want to know what people said about Chaston's speech. Yeah, me too. Well, well, you go to one of Pete's speech, and the comment, the first comment is, this is Pete's speech about God made me this way. Mm. First comment is, don't blame God, faggot. Ooh. <laughs> so I think what we're seeing here, it's YouTube here censoring the Vox Populi here uh, because they don't like the reaction it is causing. That's true, yes. Obviously, they have an agenda, and neither you or me are a part of that agenda, Michael. No. And so. their agenda is to promote, to take this, this ridiculing of the institution of marriage seriously. Amazing. Now, I do have to be honest with you, Michael. I, in fact, 
am an agnostic atheist. However, depending on my mood, I'll either believe in a God or not. It's a constant struggle from within. And I kind of have always been this way since about seventh grade, Michael. Yes. Kind of weird. It's always stuck with me that way. Uh, One foot in, one foot out. I'm not sure why. Belief in the existence of God is not an article of faith. It's an article of reason. Right. Uh, So the main blockage here is family relationships, in particular relationship to the father. I'm not, I don't know anything about your situation. Sure. I'm, I'm speaking globally here. Yes, yes. It's the same thing that is the cause of homosexuality. Sigmund Freud said God is an exalted father. He was trying to give uh, some type of uh, psychological explanation denigrating the existence of God. But what he said is true. We get our idea of God from our fathers. If this relationship is disrupted for one reason or another, people find it hard to believe in God. We have a world that wants to cut you off from belief in God because belief in God is the only thing uh, and the logos of his creation is the only thing that protects the poor man from the rich and powerful, from exploitation of the rich and powerful. The moral law is all the poor man has. And so therefore, the rich, the oligarchs want to promote atheism because that will cut men off from any sense of hope that they have that God cares about them or that the created the moral law to protect them. Yes. And Michael, do you believe statistically more homosexuals come from the single parent household? Actually, the, the, the best explanation is father deprivation. Mm. Okay. Uh, uh, there's uh, the late Joe Nicolosi had created something called reparative therapy. that was very effective in getting homosexuals to get over their bad habit. Pete, by the way, when he gave his speech yes. at the Human Rights Commission, said, if I had a knife, I would have cut this out of me early on. Well, why is that, Pete? Is it because it's wrong? Because it caused you shame? So, that, so the, the parad- there's a paradoxical element here in that you can only have father. The father can only be absent if he's present. In other words, you can only feel father deprivation if your father's there and not providing it. He's not affirming your masculinity, and so therefore you have to go someplace else. So it would happen probably less in some sense, less in single parent families than if the father is there. Single mother is, single mother is kind of what I was getting at because yeah, I mean single was, single mother. I'm not yeah. trying to endorse That's okay. single motherhood. It's no, not I understood. a good idea. You understood. need two parents to raise a child properly. Right. And one you thing biological what? parents, you know, who can care both father and mother who can care for that child and raise that child up uh in love. So yes. that, that can be a productive human being. Understood. So I'm not trying to, and I know that people, you. you know, end up in bad situations. Yes, I'm, I'm glad you clarified that. And what I was getting at towards more is the single mother parent. Early on, when, when I was just in elementary school, it was kind of unusual for me because I always kind of knew in my mind which kid was raised by a woman and this is this probably sounds awful me even saying this, but 
I could always tell which kid was just raised by a single mother. He was more feminine. You couldn't really roughhouse with him. Uh, it turns out, in some cases, I was actually right later on. Some of these kids that I did think of in that way later on after high school, they got older, they actually turned out to be gay, actually. Yeah. What's, what's you're seeing here over, let's take the longer view here, for the past, my entire lifetime, I'm 70 years old, you've yes. had an assault on the family one way or the other in various stages. And so what you have now are people who are coming uh, into this world after generations of problems and don't know how they can't figure things out, you know? So it's not something that happened overnight. You're seeing long-term sure. effects from fa uh, failure of the most fundamental relationship that we have in this life, the one that brings us all into being. This is We, we have to try, do whatever we can to repair this. And believe me, we have to fight against these, these pernicious influences and i'm saying the state of the art pernicious influence in our day is gay marriage it is guaranteed guaranteed to create pathology it's guaranteed to 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 make a bad situation worse yes and let's explore some more on this subject here <laughs> one thing that i do find interesting in terms of marriage and relationships is domestic violence Another thing that we see time and time again, take the heterosexual relationship, women who have been physically abused by boyfriends or husbands, some of them even being uh, beaten nearly to death, yet they return to the man, statistically speaking, of course. I'm curious if you have any sort of opinion or idea, rather, of why this is, why in a lot of these cases these things happen. I, and I understand that sometimes uh, kids can be involved and that's always problematic, but why on earth would a person who physically assaults you, why would you want to return to them? I think we have to get back to the, the marital, the family, the union of man and woman. In many ways, it follows, there's a union that follows automatically from sexual contact. You're, you're, you're unified, whether you like it or not, with that person. Okay? Yes. That creates a bond. That bond is a very strong bond, and it's no coincidence, I think, that we talk about the nuclear family. If you break up the bond that unites an atom you release all sorts of destructive energy. It's called the atomic bomb. Okay? The same thing happens when you just disrupt the bond in the family. You release all kinds of destructive energy. The classic example would be the destruction of the black family that has taken place over the past 40, 50, 60 years. The Moynihan Report in 1963 tried to address this issue, the problem of illegitimacy in the black family. Moynihan was a Catholic. He came up with a Catholic solution, which was basically, let's, let's hire the black man. Can't get a job. Let's make sure he has a job so that he can be ahead of the family. All the oligarchs at that period of time vetoed that bill because they wanted to 
uh, have the Margaret Sanger Planned Parenthood solution to the so-called Negro problem, and that was contraception. I did a talk years ago. It's called How Contraceptives Cause Drive-By Shootings. The south side of Chicago is the example of what I'm talking about. If you disrupt that bond, you will create the equivalent, the social equivalent of a nuclear explosion. The destructive energy that comes out of the disruption of the family bond in the black community is still, we're still hearing about it today. The first warm weekend in Chicago, 12 people get shot. This is something, it's pandemic. It's, it's chronic in this community. And it all goes back to the disruption of sexual ecology, of the bond between a man and a woman that is supposed to be permanent and fruitful so that they can raise children. We have, that is the logos of family life, and that is precisely what we have to get back to. And the first thing we do need to do in order to get back to it is to denounce these bizarre counterfeits of that bond known as gay marriage. It's a contradiction in terms. Anyone who promotes this, who engages in this, is a stooge of the oligarchs, and you can bet that he's working to enslave you because sexual liberation is a form of control. I, I have, Michael, I've enjoyed our conversation. Oh, me too, my, me too, my friend. I, I, I got to get yes. off. I'm losing my voice. Um, I can hear it. I'm, I'm starting to hallucinate here oh in South Bend, Indiana, so I got to get off. But I enjoyed our conversation. It's like you're back, you're back at, uh, at Woodstock there. <laughs> You're hallucinating. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. Yes, Send sir. me the link. I sure will. Thank you so much for being a part of the program. And before you cut loose here, anything you'd like uh, to plug before you sign off here, my friend? Go to culturewars.com and you can buy all of the books that I referenced in our talk tonight. Amazing. Thank you for being here, my friend. I'll talk to you on the other side and send you that link. Thank you. All right, good night. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen was dr e michael jones and yes you did miss the program again late again friend and again i apologize for all the mishaps getting the show rolling here and i'm looking at the chat room here and i'm sorry i couldn't get to responding to any of you and saying hi those in the chat room i'm glad you guys are here not somewhere else now I will take a little break when I return do a little part two here. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. I do apologize for that very, very late break there. Terrible. I apologize. I've been very bad here tonight. But I promise everything has been fixed 
on my end. Hopefully everything sounds okay on your end there, and that was a long break. But I needed to find myself a drink, and of course I needed to find a very special soul that joins me here right now. Hello. There you are. What's going on? Well, I'm a little sick. Well, actually, I'm very sick. <laughs> yes, you are very sick, and I can hear it in your voice. I mean, it's just my voice, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> it was it, that Florida air. It, um, it's the pollution. Yes, it's the pollution. You live by the ocean there. Yes. <laughs> you were breathing it in, and it got you sick. Yeah, but if I talk like this, it sounds sexy. You're good then. Yes. Yeah, you sound good. And uh, by the way, did you happen to hear uh, the interview earlier? I I was hearing uh, the part where you guys were talking about um, people that grow up without uh, both parents. Right. Yeah, I got a little triggered. <clears throat> what do you mean you got a little triggered? Well, I grew up um, without a dad, so. <laughs> did you think about I, becoming a lesbian at any time? No, never. But I feel like I probably would have been a better person had I had both my parents. Really? Yeah, for sure. Okay. That's good to have yeah. this kind of opinion in here because earlier every, everyone was going nuts in the chat room. Some people were offended. Yeah. Some people were obviously very set with my guest and what he was talking about earlier. Yeah, they didn't like that he was uh, – I, I was reading. They were saying he was a Catholic and they didn't <laughs> like him. <laughs> They didn't like him. No. And it, it got really interesting in that conversation, but he had a duck out kind of early here. It is mm -hmm. kind of late for him. I do appreciate that he came on the program, and it was fun, actually. I had a great time talking to him, and, of course, it made me feel a little bit smarter than I actually am because, you know, he allowed me to talk, and he, toler he tolerated me, and made me seem equal. Yeah, you are smart. Shut up. Well, I'm I'm just saying he he was a nice guy. Yeah, he was. He's a he's a good guy. I just think he gets a bit of a bad rep there. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, we were talking about same sex marriage and I knew his stance already, but it was interesting to get his take on that. And what exactly is your take on same sex marriage, given the fact that we didn't have a female perspective on that we could even ask? So, you know, I really, I don't care what people do in their personal lives. Like, I don't care what people do in their bedroom or anything like that. Just don't like, you know, like, I, I really don't care. I'm okay with it. It's all good. It's all good. I mean. I feel that I, way too. Yeah. I mean, people can do whatever they want. I mean, I think that's like, I'm like a little bit more like weird, weirded out by like people that change their, you know, their gender. Sure. <laughs> that's a little bit more weird to me. I think the gay stuff is like, oh, that's old. That's uh, like whatever. The thing is, I don't, I don't have an issue with any gender getting married. If, mm -hmm. if they want to be as miserable as everyone else, let I say. Yeah, but isn't it weird when, um, like, well, uh, mm -hmm. when like somebody changes their sex and then they get married, but it's still a guy and a girl it's getting married, but it's a girl and yeah. a girl now. Isn't that strange? That is so weird. I can't wrap my head around it. Is very weird when you think of again, I'm not against gay marriage or or the homosexuals out there, the lesbians, the trannies. A lot of them actually listen to the show. Yeah. So, you know, I don't I don't have any hate in my heart for them. Oh, because you have a lot of California listeners. That's true. I'm just kidding. We're gonna well, we're gonna get into that at, at the very end here. But 
It's interesting because a lot of people are, are very, very offended with anyone who does not side with them on the whole gay marriage issue to the point where it's almost like they want to kill the other person. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, it's, it gets a little too I much. Mean, I mean, everyone, yeah. everyone, you know, has an opinion. Mm-hmm. This is America, after all. Everyone can think whatever they want. What's the issue? Yeah, I mean, I think it's I, I'm. It's just I, I, marriage is so weird to me. Like, in, in like in general, like I feel like being married is very strange. So I think that I I, I just don't care. I mind my own business. But That's why honestly, it's like, like at, at this point, let them learn I the hard way. It's not weird to me. Yes, I just say I just think of it as let them learn the hard way about marriage. Exactly. Lots of yeah. people I know that are married, they just can't stand their significant other. Yeah, it's 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 not that fun. <laughs> some people do not like it, and I, I completely understand. It's like for some people out there, it's a little bit rough. Mm-hmm. A little bit rough, but of course, I don't. Uh, again, I let people do whatever they want if they want to. Married, go ahead. Doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. If that's what you want to do, go ahead. Be my guest. And another strange thing, though, I, I didn't even get a chance to bring this up during the conversation. The whole thing about why being, why women choose to be abusive relationship, why they go back to the man, statistically speaking, that is. I. I know people like that. See, you like, know people I'm, like that. Yeah. I, I mean, it, like, very close. Like, my sister was with a guy that abusive? was very abusive. Wow. Yeah, he was abusive. Um, you know, like, he would call her names, Ooh. and he would also hit her physically. So he was mentally and physically abusive. Yes. Wow. And um, she was with him for years and years and years. And I think, even to this day, she still loves him. It's very weird. Vic, something in the chat room says Stockholm Syndrome. I mean... Oh, well, that's that ability that that's what she's experiencing. Yeah, I mean, I think for, he, like, would tell her, you'll never get better than me, you'll never do better than me. And I think that that really stuck, and I think, you know... It stings a little bit for, for women, hearing I that. I think it messed her up, yeah. Well, for men, too. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, just just a couple weeks back, I didn't even tell you this, but just a couple weeks back, a guy who lives, I believe, the next block over from where, from where I'm at, mm-hmm. he he killed himself over a woman. See, that's so that's it's because he was having issues with the whole transition of being separated legally and having a child and having to go visit at certain days during the week and having to see the other guy there and all that noise. And that's what led to him actually killing himself, which I think is horrific. That's horrible. And it doesn't seem, I mean, seems very selfish. I mean, he still had a kid. Yeah, still has the kid, <laughs> yeah, but he just couldn't, couldn't cope with it. That is, that is very, I, I mean, I don't know. I think suicide is very like, I can't understand that. Rageous, right? Yeah. Rageous. One thing that I do find interesting, like I said, in terms of marriage and all of that is domestic violence, like we were just saying here. 
lots of people are led to believe that those in same gender relationships, violence really doesn't occur. Oh, it does. Sure. Yes. But a lot of people don't really see that sort of thing. No, I mean, I've seen guys that are big and being beat up by a girl. So I can only imagine girls fight girls and guys fight guys. <laughs> sure. Lesbian women and gay men reported levels of intimate partner violence and sexual violence equal to or higher than those of heterosexuals. And I got that sort of information from the National Intimate Partner and Sexual Violence Survey. Very interesting to, uh, statistics, really. If anybody yeah. wants to look those up. That is weird. It is weird. For those that don't know, actually out here in California, and at times I do see some same gender relationships out here, but not, not too much since I don't really live in a huge city or anything, but we do, we do have the, the gays and the lesbians out here enjoying themselves. And again, there's How nothing do you feel wrong about with their that. PDAs? What do you mean? Like when they, oh, like, they're, how do you oh, feel oh, about yes. people like making out oh. in front of you? Yes. As soon as I said that, I, I, I it registered what you meant, what oh. you're saying. And, uh, oh, I, I don't know what to think of it, really. It's it's a little unusual, to say the least. Yeah. But I, I've seen it before because I'm here in California. I know people out in the Palm Springs region. For those that don't know, the big gay and lesbian community. So, I mean, I, I've seen these sort of things before. It's not something that would, that makes me angry or outraged or anything. I just think, well... The reality that we live in nowadays. Some people like it that way, and some people don't. Gang of Four in the chat room says, Some do it just to get a reaction. Perhaps. Perhaps they want to get a reaction from their parent or someone else of that nature. Someone that they want to sort of get revenge back on. Mm -hmm. I think that that's... For some cases, not every case. Some cases... Some kids end up really hating their parents, and that's like a form of rebellion for some of them. I'm not sure if you feel that way, but it seems like that's I mean, a possibility that some of them act out I, in this I hate, way. I hate my dad, and I think it's just, I'm just always, I think it's just, I think I hate him because you hate him? he doesn't care about me. Yeah. I mean, my dad didn't go when I was born. That's like really messed up. That would fuck you up. Oops, sorry. That's okay. No, sorry. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, no, he didn't go when I was born. He he told my mom, "Don't like, don't wake me up." The very intimate thing that you just shared there. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> it got I, a little too real here. No, it, I'm sick. Very realistic, and you're sick. I do appreciate yeah. your honesty, though, because that's something I never knew about. So I, I do feel bad about that. Initially, of course, I'm going to feel bad about that. Yeah. But you're okay, Dark though. times. Dark, Dark times. times. But you, you got over that, though, right? You moved on, and you still, I guess, dislike your father, right? I dislike him, but I think I would feel bad if something would happen to him. Like, I mean, like, if he, you know, I just feel bad. I would feel bad because I have a heart, but I don't, like, it, it does, I really do think it, it, 
it changed who I like. I would probably be a way better person had I had my dad. Like in, in terms of like everything, like maybe I would have been more successful in life. Like like just like little things. I think it's great people when they have both their parents. I think they have a lot of more opportunities. You know. Yeah. I think you're you're on point there. Yeah. But I also look at other people out there, other women that have turned lesbian, and they come from. Both they 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 had both parents in their life, because I do recall some of those girls that I went to high school with, and you know later on, came out to be lesbian. Yeah, I mean I, I've never been into girls. I've never like I've never. So you're not I, a lesbian, I, in other words. <laughs> I'm not a lesbian. No, okay. I've never. I don't like. I just don't. But I don't think it has anything to do with uh, my parents. You know, like I just think me myself. I just I've always liked guys. I I mean. I, I, my first boyfriend was when I was, well, I'm talking about like, I was very little boyfriend would be like holding hands. My first boyfriend when I was in first grade, clearly I've always been into boys. (laughs) And what about women though? Say in high school, were there ever ever any women that like try to come on to you and wanted to approach you in that sense? Well, I will tell you something. I know a few Um, girls that actually, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Girls like me. Girls like you. Yeah, I will go somewhere and I will, they'll give me free, like something like a free, free food. They like me. I don't know. I'm, I'm very friendly, but with everyone. You know, you know what I noticed? You know, this is something, this is something that I noticed a long time ago. Anytime that I was like in a relationship Mm -hmm. and I went somewhere with that girl, Mm -hmm. let's say to eat or something. The waitresses are always so much nicer and they're very flirty. It's kind of unusual that I've always got that when anytime I was in public with another girl, any sort of, yeah, any sort of worker of such would for some reason treat me so much nicer and almost very flirty in a sense. Oh, I'm not joking. It's Did that get you into trouble? How did you know? I mean, I can imagine. I know, I know women. I was always told you're, you're, I was always told you're flirting, you're this, you're doing, and I'm like, no, I'm actually just being nice. I'm not even, you know, trying to, I'm not even trying to spit game as they say. Yeah. I'm just being myself, talking and being liar. Nice. I, I, 100%, I'm serious. I was just being nice. Mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to, you know, do any extra stuff there. Uh-huh. And doing any of that noise. Yet I would still get in trouble. Amazing. That's weird. Maybe they like what they can have. I don't know. There's something to it. There's something to it. I'm telling you. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but there's something. And by the way, Gang of Four in the chat said hi. Hi. Hi, Gang of Four. He's a nice person. But yes, I I, I don't get it, though. It's a very weird thing. And and I'm sure other guys out there listening have gone down that road before with, with with their old lady. You know, they go yeah. out with their ball and chain, with their ball and chain. And, and there'll be other women out there that are, are flirty with them. Mm-hmm. Maybe not some men out there, but a few out there that I'm sure know exactly what I'm talking about. And have you ever been with somebody and there's been a man doing that to a girl that you're that you're with? That's kind of like flirty and doing extra. Or you're looking. Kind of. Kind of, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Couple, oh, well, yeah. not that part, but they were kind of doing extra. Yeah, doing extra. Mm-hmm. 
true. Mm-hmm. Maybe they like um, people that are un- are unavailable. I don't know. People do that. I'm telling you, I've yeah. experienced it so many times in different restaurants. I don't know what it if is. It get, if it gets you something free, why not? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if it gets you something free, actually, some some girls have given me a little bit of extra, like fast food place or at a restaurant, they'll give you something extra. Wow. For instance, I was at Subway. A couple weeks back, I just went to go grab something, and there were some kind of new cookies they have there at Subway. And I don't go there very often. It was some sort of like raspberry, banana. Some I don't. I don't. But I said, "What? What are those?" And said, "Are are those any good?" And the girl behind the counter said, "I'll give you one for free to try." Okay, that sounds like you were flirting. She gave me. She gave me two cookies, by the way. One. Wow! Not you just one, Vanessa. You were flirting. I was not Are flirting. Are those any good? It's a freaking cookie. Of course, it's good. But it was a new flavor. I never even heard of that. <laughs> that's a, that's hilarious. Yes. So you do you think? Flirting. Do you think she took it as flirting? Um, no, probably not. But I do. <laughs> Robin Wills in the chat says, "You young people crack me up." Ah, uh-huh. youngins. Youngins, you young whippersnappers. Oh, that's nice. It is. And I wanted to go back to the whole same gender marriage thing. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to quickly say, of course, of course, why would I be anti-gay marriage? It has nothing to do with you. <laughs> yes, but sometimes sometimes I get these emails with people oh, yeah, yeah. accusing me of such. When it's like that's not even an issue that I really uh, care about, except for what I'm addressing here now. Yeah, I mean, I I don't care. I, like, I honestly don't. I I mean, I, people are gonna do what they want. It's just the reality of it. When there's a Demand How for about something. If there's kids in the mix. What there's going to be a kids? supply. Oh, kids? What do you mean? Like if, um, like, oh, you like mean... if they have kids and they're a same-sex um, marriage and that's, they have kids. That's going to be kind of confusing for the kids. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think so too. I think that might be problematic. Yeah. I'm not saying they shouldn't try, but I don't know if it's going to be good. I don't know. Be a good result for you. It's complicated. If I, yeah, it's very complicated. That's when these sort of conversations become deadly for some. Yeah, people get violent. <laughs> they can't can't really be rational about these these things. And that's another thing why I really liked bringing in my guest, Doctor E. Michael Jones. He's someone who's very rational. Makes a lot of sense. I'm not on board with everything about about. Dr. E. Michael Jones and I love the guy. I don't love the guy, but I have a deep <laughs> admiration for the guy. Uh-huh. I think he's a good person at heart. His heart is definitely in the right place. But with everyone in, in this world, I don't agree with everyone 100%. Mm-hmm. As you shouldn't be either. Yeah, no, definitely. Exactly. You're, you don't agree with all your guests. Not at all. Some people yeah. think I do, though. But that's not no. that's not the reality of it. No, and you like variety, different opinions. Correct. Exactly. 
What's weird is another weird thing that mm-hmm. is the strange thing that we didn't really, me and, and my guests, we didn't really get into talk about what convinces him that they're God. Oh. We never really got that deep into that. Really wish we could, though, because as you know me personally, Tessa, you already know that I like to really see what makes these individuals that I interview, I really like to see what makes them tick, mm-hmm. why they believe the things they do. Very curious about that sort of thing. Yeah, even when it gets gets deep, that's, that's a deep one. It does get deep every now and then. And there's so many different questions that I get. A, I didn't chance to ask them, like Mormonism and Scientology. I'm sure we've had this conversation mm-hmm. about the Mormons and Scientologists. That I, I think these two religions are a cult. Mm-hmm. It's like flat Earth. Like flat Earth. Oh my goodness! <laughs> You're not a flat earther, are you? No, I'm not. I, I just can't. I can't get on board with it. I can't. I would you? I know. I just, I can't. I, I mean, I, you know, I like to see every side and try to, but I can't get on board. The hard one. Yeah. Like the guest I had on a couple of weeks back, the flat earther. I liked him, but couldn't really get on board with a lot of, th- a lot of the things he was saying yeah. in terms of the flat earth. That is Yeah. I mean, nice guy though. People will believe weird things. <laughs> I'm telling you, they do. Yeah. That's why I like to go to the root, the issue with these individuals, and find out for myself some tick. Yeah. Like, so, why would someone believe that? Heard. There must be some. There must be something. Something. There must be a screw loose somewhere, right? Did, did you grow up with only one parent? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why. Wait, what? Like what you would ask? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're a flat earther. You're That's probably, true. But yeah, where you were raised by both parents. That's funny. I should I should probably mention that next time. <laughs> but yeah, Michael E. Michael Jones has no idea about myself. He doesn't know that I was raised by both my parents. Mm-hmm. And that my dad actually listens to this program. Shout out. Yeah, he jumps in here every now and then. That's really cool. Isn't that scary? You he come, say some shit he sometimes. Just, he just comes in here and trolls. He does I don't even know it. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you say things. He he could be writing me like bad emails, like saying you suck. Like <laughs> it's like my dad. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That is, yeah. Be funny, but yeah, my father actually tunes in here every now and then. He's a fan. He's a fan. He actually likes the show. Ah. The trip, right? Yeah, that's that's cute. <laughs> pa- yeah, apparently some people think so. Like, How about your mom? Well, my mom knows. She doesn't listen, but she knows about it. Okay. And one of my other uncles listens as as well. Not not the one that I've talked to you about. Not the one that the uh, people here on the program know about. My uncle, who I guess I could qualify him as an alcoholic. Uh oh, he's yeah. listening right now. <laughs> no, he's not listening right now. He doesn't listen, but he knows about the program. But, okay. but the listeners, they, they remember that uncle of mine. Okay. Very From cra- like back in the day? Way back in the day. And he's insane. He's always been a wild child. I love him to, to death. Again, he ended up 
uh, in the hospital. His liver is basically shot. Internal bleeding. Wow. So he's from drinking, yeah. So he's all screwed up, yeah. And he he got a hernia and that thing burst. And just full of issues right now. He's here for a good time, not a long time. (laughs) Apparently, it's sad. Yeah, it's awful. Is I don't know what to say about that. That definitely feel terrible uh, for him and for you know the things that he's yes trying to run away from. Yeah, I mean, I I know people like that too. So this bad one, that person realizes the mistakes they've made in their life and contemplate those things. A hospital bed, looking up at the ceiling. Yeah. Isn't that I crazy? Mean, what a world. Yeah, and then and then if they make promises to change, that really doesn't do anything because they go back to their ways. They go back, yeah. Yeah. It's a vicious cycle to see this firsthand. Yeah. Oh, yes. Dark times, Michael. Dark, dark I know. Times. It got dark all of a sudden. I'm sorry. I, I had to share. Yeah, you bummed me out. <laughs> I had to share with you. Yeah, with us. I had to share with all of you. Yeah. Yes. Another thing I, I didn't get a chance to mention to my guest was his opinion on, on Jordan Peterson. And I'm kind of mind blown that people like Michael Michael Jones and Jordan Peterson and like a Ben Shapiro, like these folks, it's always been kind of weird that there's such a hero-like worship for them. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that. A lot of these guys, they seem to have a lack of a father figure. In my opinion, it seems that way. I could be wrong, but it seems like some of these individuals that latch on to these popular uh, lecturers, the political analysts, commentators per se, mm-hmm. they latch on to them if they're seeking another father figure for them. I don't know what that is but that's something that i have noticed for a lot of people out there that listen to these these individuals i mean maybe i mean yeah it's a possibility and they see no wrong in what they do of course not yeah it's it's a possibility you might be onto something well, i don't think it's wrong but they really worship these kind of yeah i mean I've never like I've, I, don't I don't understand hero worship is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean I don't either. And I don't obviously get that. like if I like someone and they do something wrong, I will say that person did something wrong. I still like them, but they did something wrong. I don't I don't get when people stand by every single thing that someone says. <clears throat> you shouldn't. Yeah, I know. Well, maybe I shouldn't be saying you should or shouldn't do, but Damn it! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't be telling you what to do or what you what you can or can't do. Rather, mm-hmm. oh yes, and of course, I did have an email. Got angry here in the chat room. Uh oh! What did we say? I thought we were being nice. Oh no, not not us. There's okay. another conversation out there. I just looked up here and I see F you out there. Oh no! I know that that escalated. 
I'm not quite sure guess, what the issue do your is. But... Guess, do your guests read the chat sometimes, maybe? Sometimes they do, mm -hmm. but not always. Sometimes they are away from the chat room, but sometimes they, they are there and it gets kind of freaky. Yeah. It gets kind Weird. of scary. Yeah, I worry. Yeah, I mean, some of your um, listeners, they're, they're wild. They're insane, some of my listeners. Yeah. I take no responsibility, I've... by the way, ladies and gentlemen. This is the first time you are in the chat room. I, I have nothing to do with these folks. I don't know where, where who they are. I don't know where they come from. They they might work at the Arab bread uh, place there. The mall. <laughs> yeah. We love them. We but, do. Yeah. But we don't know. We, 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 we take, yeah, it's not, we're not responsible for them. Not responsible. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. They're insane. They're drunk. They're all drunk. I, I think that's another thing that I do tell the, the guests at times. I say, people in the chat room, don't worry. They are kind of unhinged. And they're they're probably satanic globalists, I say. Oh, wow. I guess. Yeah, okay. Okay, that that that, that describes them really well. Yeah. Yeah, those are the <laughs> listeners. They're, they're quite nuts. They're all satanic. Oh, God. Nah, they're they're just it's Saturday night. They're letting loose. They're letting loose. They're having a few drinks, right? Exactly. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Amazing. And of course, I did have an email here to go over. By the way. Okay. This was um pretty interesting, given the fact that I was going to interview this guest who has been interviewed by uh, Owen Benjamin. Mm -hmm. The listener knew about that and he sent me an email asking he didn't want me to mention he wanted to know my opinion on one owen benjamin and i thought you know this is probably a good time to do this and a lot of you've those, never you've never given your opinion on him i no? never have really to be honest with you never really said much okay first time folks um, and by the way, Teresa Lopez in the chat room, she's the one who's very angry. Oh. Very angry. Not at us, oh, wow. but at other people in the chat room. I see that. Yes, I hope Teresa's okay. But here we go. Mm. And I, I felt, is it necessary to actually say this here on the air instead of addressing it in private? I thought, my kill two birds with one stone mm -hmm. and i'm all about doing that yeah we don't kill birds though but yeah it's true it's just a figure of speech ladies and gentlemen <laughs> I don't go you can't kill... you can't make you can't say things like that anymore in 2019 oh in 2019 that's too much of a like a 1990s reference exactly tone it down mm -hmm. calm down it's like saying i remember when like in the 90s you could say retarded and yeah gay. you could say like, retarded you could say all kinds of stuff but now it's you're prohibited. Yeah, now it's like, what? I can't believe you said that. I mean, the SJWs will go after you. Yeah. But yes, I'll be honest here. The the per, I'll be per, perfectly honest here. I'm not quite sure what's going on with uh, Owen Benjamin. I listened to a few of his shows way early on. I still wasn't quite sure what the purpose of the whole thing was exactly. Kind of confused. I, I don't know what what the meaning of it was, and I'm not quite sure what happened to uh, Owen Benjamin. 
Mm-hmm. I kept thinking, this guy has plenty of money he's made from movies, even though I can't really tell you which movies he's been in off the top of my head. I just yeah, know that, either. yeah, I just know that he was like some wealthy, he was somewhat wealthy at one time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he owns a farm. He, it can't be that, it can't be that bad for him. Yeah. So he's obviously has some residuals coming through. Mm-hmm. But when I came to realize that he was doing something on YouTube, I was a little perplexed by it all. About the whole thing, rather. Just watching him sort of reminded me of friends I used to have who went off the deep end. Gang of Four goes, Owen and all his chatters called themselves bears. Yeah. I believe they he do. Has, he has little <laughs> names for them. Ugh. Fuck. What are you going to name your your listeners? <laughs> Nothing hacky like that, that's for sure. Yeah, I think you should come. Yeah, up I'm with gonna that I'm gonna name them Bears. Name. Yeah, that's a great name. You, you you need to come up with a name for them though. Ugh. Drugs. Just the yuck. The whole thing yeah. is just ugh. I don't get it. Uh, yeah, Owen can go for hours. That what Gang of Four said. That's what she said. She said, yeah. Mm-hmm. We can do the same thing. Another area. <laughs> Ooh, I'm, I'm being honest. I'm not lying. Okay. okay. Um, mm-hmm. Got that stamina. That's right. And of course, I'm not saying you know about Owen here. I'm not. I'm not saying that's what happened to him. That he fell off the deep end. That's not what I'm saying. I don't know the guy personally, and I don't know any sort of a sort of situation that's going on or isn't going on. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But just judging from the past couple things I've seen pop up here and there, he is, I don't know what's going on with the guy. He, he definitely unhinged to some degree, but he's, he's in, a flat earther. He's entertaining though. I'll be honest. I don't have any hate for the guy. I, I hope he's, I hope he finds what he's looking for That I'll just say. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I enjoy when he opens up his his thing and he starts uh, he sings or he plays piano or something. Yes, I've seen him I, do that. Yeah, he, I mean he's entertaining. I, I like him a lot more than the other people. I you agree with I mean? you on that. I'm not I'm not saying I dislike the guy. Yeah. I just don't understand what's I don't understand what's going on with him. I don't know if he's pulling like a, a gimmick here. If he's doing like a shtick. If it's part yeah. of the the character. I mean, that's like... I don't know. He's dedicated. If that's true, he's dedicated. He's pretty I dedicated mean, to the character. That's all I could say. Yeah. The gimmick. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I think he's doing here. I think it's just a bit of a work, ladies and gentlemen. Do you think... So you don't think he, he actually believes in Flat Earth? Probably like, not. No? Uh, apparently he... the the One of the listeners says he found Logos. Or Logos, rather. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well... I'm not quite sure. Some people would say religion is void of Logos. I'm just listening to you. Oh, I had to. I I'm just listening gonna, to you swallow. I was going to mute and cough. I was just hearing you. I was going to laugh right now. Because I need to. Because I, I, I was okay. going to cough and I, I was know. like, oh, damn. <laughs> I know that situation very well. Yeah. You're going to need a cough button one of these days. Oh, yes. Prepare for the future. Mm-hmm. But yes, I'm not quite sure what's going on with uh, Owen. 
but I do wish him the best. I think he's doing a, a great job for himself, however. A, I mean, he's making big, money doing yeah, that. <laughs> got a big following. Yeah, he does. Gang of Four says, I think Owen calls himself Big Bear. <laughs> Gang of Four? That's funny. He he He's around the internet because I've seen his name in chat rooms on like other people. He gets around. He gets around. He's he's kind of naughty. He's a, he gets around like Tupac. Yeah, he's he's a little slutty on the internet. He's a little slutty, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, I, I did have a little bit of a celebrity death pool update. By the way, oh, I love it. It's been a while, but we we do have a little update, like a little update here. <laughs> Isn't that fun? Yeah, I love updates. Yeah, I mean, it's a good time. Anytime we do a little celebrity death pool update, ladies and gentlemen, and I believe it's now that time to do that. Mm-hmm. Death never stops and it never will. It's that time yet again, uh, ladies and gentlemen, to have a bit of a celebrity death pool update. As I said, death never stops and it never will. I forgot to do this, by the way, Vanessa, a few weeks ago, and I apologize to all of you out there. Apparently, we do have some confirmed deaths on our hands. Aw, rest in peace. Rest in peace. And the only winner is actually a prediction that came from Be Silly, who I don't think is actually with here, uh, with us here in chat room. Sad. Oh. I don't know, know where Be Silly is. We are void of Silly. Uh- I hope Be Silly's alive and well. I hope the best for Be Silly out there, because we're going to read her pick right now. They have picked Dan Blank uh, Blankenship. Yeah, there we go. Dan. Dad at 95 years old. Can you believe that? Yeah, I mean, that that's too easy. It's too 95? easy. But we, we're, still too giving, easy. We're, we're still giving them the, the, the prize here. Yeah, the credit. What do they get? Because they're the only ones who you know predicted anything here. A shout out. They got a shout out. Yeah, shout out to uh, Be Silly. Yeah. Very sad. As a prize, perhaps I'll just throw throw in a, a free membership to the Patreon as a reward. I think that sounds like a nice gesture, right? That is very nice. Yeah, but I'm, they're not here to accept the reward. They're not here. I'll definitely... Too bad. <laughs> but too bad. <laughs> no, I'll send them an email. Okay. I'll send an email. It's it's a nice little gesture. I mean, we're going to get the Patreon thing going where episodes will only be exclusive for those people to drop, uh, those people that drop a few coins in the bucket here. Can I just say, say what the you way want. you did that, the way you did that, the way you went into that, that was perfect. It was good, right? <laughs> that was so good. And it was casual. And I didn't even notice it, it was, uh, until I did. That was very slimy. Yeah. Was very, very slimy, nice. right? Very nice. I was taught well. Mm-hmm. Well, so of course I'll throw that prize in there, and other noteworthy names are as follows: Luke Perry, we lost this year. Vanessa, heartbroken. Oh, very heartbroken. Heartbroken. That, that one hit me. I'm not gonna lie. It hit you in the feels. Yeah, I never like usually like when celebrities die. It's like, oh, okay, you know, you know. But I have never really felt. Cause I don't know them, and you know, I'm not. I'm not gonna be like on Twitter going rip. I'm oh just, God! You know, isn't that the worst? Peace. It's the worst. I've rest done that before peace. too, but you know, that's it's always so sarcastic when I do it. Yeah, I mean, 
I've never felt like I needed to do that. But Luke Perry, man, I felt that one. Yes, Luke Perry, most known for his work, his role in Beverly Hills 90210. He died yeah. just this year, ladies and gentlemen, after suffering a massive stroke, dead and gone at 52 yeah. years of age. Can you believe it? It's just 52. Very young. Poor D guy. Dylan McKay, rest in peace. Poor guy. Yeah. That really throws a wrench into the whole... Was that the whole new rendition of 90210 correct weren't they starting that up they are and they still are but he well, wasn't gonna are. be in it he wasn't gonna be in it because he is currently on another show i know a little bit too much i'm not gonna get into it i'm glad but you're here because like, i didn't know this his career is kind of taking like it was taking off again really <clears throat> yeah he's like a main character on a show on the cw called riverdale and then he's also in that movie that new quentin tarantino movie What's it called? The Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Oh, I want to see that one. I actually want to see that, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I like Tarantino movies. And Luke Perry. It's a terrible thing. We we lost Luke Perry. Yeah. I always expected him to end up on some sort of like Netflix show. I mean... That's where, yeah, all, the, that's I mean, where all the actors end up now. I feel like every actor has a Netflix show. They yeah. come out there all the time, yeah. Kind of funny. Especially all the 90s ones. The 90s actors. Vanessa, we do have another, another name here. Janice Freeman. Most known for her time on the TV show The Voice. Dead and gone at the age of 33 due to complications uh, from pneumonia and blood, uh, blood clot. Yeah, that's that's very young. A very young age to go out. Yeah. There's other names here. A lot of these other names, they're they're very old. Very old. Yeah. We, if you're old, you've been around. You, you've had your moment. <laughs> we kind of know you were going to check out. That's. Yeah, basically. You know who I think is going to check out this year? Who do you got? Willie Nelson. And Nelson, you think he's finally gone? Yeah, I, I really do. And I, I'm I'm going to feel bad. You're going to feel some feels there. I, I probably am, yeah. But he's old, so it's going to be like a little bit more like, you know, like I accept it. You accept it, yeah. But I, I'm going to feel it. I'm going to feel it. I'm you telling accept, you. <laughs> you accept it in your heart. Yeah. Amazing. I'm preparing myself for it. <laughs> this is another one here. Clark James Gable. Grandson of Clark Gable, dead at the age of only 30. Wow. He was the host of the reality TV series Cheaters. Oh, that show. I didn't even know they were still doing that show. Me either. He died. That guy died. Yeah. Only 30. I didn't even know the show was still on the air. It was it was pretty good. I thought it was oh, that thing was canceled in the early two thousands. Yeah. Apparently not. Apparently that thing was still going strong at time. Yeah. How? Oh, fentanyl overdose. That would happen to him. Yeah, isn't that what um? I didn't get Prince a reason. Died of? I think so. Yeah. It, it, is that like an accident or? Like, do they think they're doing cocaine and they do fentanyl? Like, I think they yeah, I think that's some of, I think they were just partying a little too much. Wow. They went overboard. That's. Bad, right? That's, I mean. <laughs> that sucks. And then, of course, we it, have. It uh, sucks. Of course, we have uh, Kevin Barnett, who was a comedian, only 32 years of age as well. He died of cre uh, pancreatitis. 
Yeah, you see, you can't feel really bad for the person that ODs on fentanyl because there's people that actually die from actual, like, bad things, you know, like strokes and Another cancer. horrible way to go out. <laughs> yeah. That, that's terrible. Yes, the whole pancreatic ty- uh, cancer. I believe one of my, both of my grandmothers actually died that way. I had a cat that died of pan- pancreatic cancer. I never heard of Kevin Barnett either, by the way. Yeah, that was actually the first time I actually heard of him. I picked him. <laughs> I picked him because he was only thirty-two. Yeah. Pancreatic cancer. It's a hell of a way to go out. Yeah, and you know who died like that? I just remembered. Um, Patrick Swayze. He died that way too. Yeah, of pancreatic cancer. Yeah. I feel bad about that one too. I feel bad about those people. <laughs> yeah. Poor men. God, it got, got it kind of dark. You I know, Ryan, what the hell happened here? Wow, I'm, I'm bummed and depressed. I know, I want to just sick. kill myself. <laughs> I kill I myself after the show. I no. might. <laughs> <laughs> I might just snort some, uh, some laced cocaine and just kill myself after the stream. Yeah, I might go find some bath salts because I'm in Miami and it's easy. I know, right? You're, you just get it really quickly. You could eat someone's face and then just kill yourself. Yeah. It's a God's plan. Wow. Okay. Well, got dark I again. We, tur- we turned it around there. Yeah, we got a little happier. Yeah. And the, by the way, Nipsey Hussle, gone at 33 years of age. Of course, he was a rapper, was shot multiple times just a few weeks ago. I never listened to any I, of his music. Yeah, I honestly... I have no idea who that is. <laughs> He's a rapper, and apparently he was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, dead and gone now. 33 years of age. Isn't that tragic? So young. I mean... It sucks. Going that, out that young. I mentioned... He was, these... It looks like to me like he was mm-hmm. involved in the wrong in the wrong situation there. <laughs> well, yes. I believe he was not involved in the right places at all. And yeah. I mentioned these people tonight because it was a bit of a surprise uh, to me. No, there are others out there, but they're just names off the head. And I can't even believe I remembered these names. I mean... I don't know how I pulled that off. (laughs) (laughs) You surprise yourself. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I do. Yeah, Yeah, and of course, before I wrap up here tonight, I wanted to give everyone a bit of a heads up. And I talked about this the last show, but I know some of you out there probably haven't heard the so I'll take this time to remind you out there, once again, I, I plan to do this show more times during the week. Some of those shows will be exclusive and only for Patreon members. And Vanessa, you heard me say that, right? Yes, I have. Um, mm-hmm. I will be bringing back the tune-in station. The shows will be aired there live, but they won't be on YouTube. Well, actually, they'll be on YouTube, but I'm going to get a small portion of the program. A very small portion of the program. Are you going to have like a special tier for for your hardcore listeners? Of course, only $5. <laughs> yeah. Or 99 Okay, very nice. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. You're going to have to do some uh, specials. Yeah. Buy two and get one free. Oh, for wow. a friend. That's hot. We're, we're going to do something like that, but yes. And again, I didn't really want to go down this route. 
I, I didn't want to ask donations from anyone. We are left to do this simply because of me demonetized yeah. by the angry people at YouTube. You've been doing this for a really long time. They're angry out at of me. Pocket, out of pocket by yourself. And, you know, YouTube is an asshole. Well, they are. I mean, I don't have anything else to say. Yeah. They've kind of messed up everything here for me. Mm-hmm. So, do not worry. I still will be releasing free shows on Saturday nights. That will always stick around. I'm never not going to do that for you guys. Because I enjoy doing these shows and seeing all of you out there complaining and going against each other. Going against me sometimes. Yeah, and fighting in the chat room. I love that. Me too. I actually like people being angry at me. Yeah? It's I mean, more it's fun. nice to get a reaction out of people. It's a lot more fun, I, I'll tell you that. Mm -hmm. I like being the bad guy. Yeah. Oh, I dig it. It's so, of course, the exclusive content will be completely unfiltered and uncensored. People Are you will... going to be extra naughty on that? I on think both? I might be, yeah. Wow. I think I'm going to go all out and just be very angry. And Are you going to be naked when, I'm gonna... you, when you record them? I'm going to say some bad things. <laughs> some real bad things. I'm going to trash everyone. I don't even trash my own parents. Oh. Give a goddamn. That made me sound angry, but I'm not. <laughs> I promise. I'm just giving you an, an example. I'm just going to go off. Start bodying people here. I'd have to. And there will be no way of having those episodes pulled. Very Silverstein style, folks. And I wouldn't have to be asking you this. wouldn't have to be asking you for any kind of donation. Which I don't think you should be having to give me at all. Um, to, Vic, mm -hmm. Vic something is asking about the $5. Is it a month, a week, or a show? It's a month, right? The whole month. Yeah. To pay that five dollars, I'm I'm giving you a lot of stuff there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a lot of show. Could even be a little bit more in just a month, however. Mm -hmm. Another thing I was just deciding might be in two or three months. It's also something I've been contemplating. How do you like that? I mean, you you care. I do. I want to give them their money's worth. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I've I've done and said a lot of things that have costed me plenty of uh, gigs on the radio. Uh, there was one recently too. I was asked uh, what other shows you've been involved with, and that's how I knew I was not going to get any sort of deal. <laughs> I mean, I knew an, right away. An unfiltered, unfiltered Michael. That that's worth. That's a little dollars. dangerous. It is. Yeah. Because that's when you know I'm going to say something bad that will get me sued by someone. So it's worth five dollars. Yes. Of course. Well, I'm. I'll give you your money's worth. Don't worry. Oh wow! I'm going to bring it. Don't worry about that. That's right. So again, if you really do care about the show, as some of you claim to do, show me, prove it. Become a Patreon. Show your support. Patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. Yeah, I'm going to whip some ass. True. Oh, yes. You're going to hear all kinds of stuff. 
course, we do have an update from our friends in the 305. Oh, oh 305, you've been waiting for I this. Die. You've been waiting for this one. <laughs> yes. I think you've been waiting for this for a long time. Uh, yes, 305 till I die. That's yeah, right. for those that don't know. Mm -hmm. It is from the 305. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And this wouldn't be a show without me talking about Florida. Our friends in Florida. Yeah, a funny story. I actually used to hate when Michael would talk about about Florida. Really, you actually got mad at that. I really did, but now I like I learned to love it, and I, you know, I. How understand. could you hate that segment? I used to. That's a fun bit. Fun bit. I enjoy it. How dare you? I mean, but this is before I knew you. Okay, the dark times. The dark time, so I felt, I, I felt, I felt triggered. Oh, you felt a little, a little uh, triggered, a little upset. Yes. Then I'm doing my job. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. <laughs> yes. So the former mayor of a Florida town who is facing multiple charges, including allegedly shooting at cops and conspiring to impede an investigation against him, reportedly smoked crack cocaine nightly. And used meth while he was still in office. Wow. I actually heard yesterday that meth was, like, taking over Florida. I think it is. Yeah, I didn't know that. I'm like, oh, my God. That's that's really scary. Yeah, but you shouldn't be surprised. I mean, There's, yes, like, rampant drug use where you're at. I mean, I always thought it was the cocaine, you know? The, the Scarface. No, it's meth. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, meth has just gone so popular in yeah. popular culture. I blame, you know, blame the show Heisenberg. Breaking Bad. Yeah, Heisenberg. Mm -hmm. You know, when I said that Mexican Mafia was actually dying their meth blue, I was not joking about that. I mean... Uh... It's so ridiculous, but also I can imagine it's good for sales. It's true. Because <laughs> people are so stupid. And there's supply, there will be a demand. Yes. But yes, just, wow, these are your representatives out there in Florida. This is just one who happened to get caught. Just imagine all the nasty, vile pieces of human garbage who have not yet caught. Yeah. It's outrageous. Is outrageous. That reminds me of another guy out there in Florida, by the way. So a teen, uh -huh. the, that one teenager who was accused of posing as a doctor. Mm. That that one guy, uh, Malachi Love Robinson. Um. He also went by the nickname Doctor Love. Oh. Yes. He. Yes, the little. He was. He <laughs> was a teenager, right? Yeah. yeah. He was like eighteen. He was like charged with practicing medicine without a license. I mean, that's. I, I mean, oh, I'm that's... inspired. I'm inspired. You're inspired and confused. <laughs> yes. Oh, you, we can't deny that he's not ambitious. I mean, yeah, I wish I had some of that. Florida. It's a place yeah, for... I like, his, I like his picture. You know the picture where he's like posing? With the, with the white coat. Yeah, he has like Amazing. That. Yeah. The, his hand on his chin <laughs> is really nice. <laughs> Florida. It's a place for love and dreams. Yeah. Clearly. Mm-hmm. And meth. And meth. And, of course, as we wind down, Vanessa, since 
we're coming close to the end here. Mm-hmm. I wanted to give my appreciation to the international listeners out there who tune into the program. Those who listen in on the podcast version of the program, I have not given them a doubt. Really appreciated those people. That's right. Do that now. The <laughs> UK, they still dominate. Even on the podcast rendition of the program, remarkably, wow. the UK is holding it down in a very big way. And our friends in Canada, they come in second. They are very strong in numbers. And of course, Australia, which I think anyone from Australia would actually listen to this. But they're wow. there. But they're out there. The, the da- down under. Yeah, down under. Crikey. Trouble down under. And then France... Very proud of France. I can't even believe they listen. Mm-hmm. Or is the Netherlands that quite surpri- quite surprising? I think you're gonna have to learn um learn French. French. You're gonna have to learn so that you could say some words for your listeners. Idea. Yeah. <laughs> wrong yeah. about that because every time I've been saying Guten Morgen, uh, you know the Germans they love that. Oh wow! Once Wait, I started, yeah. once I started saying that, I. I Started seeing more traffic from Germany. I'm not even. I'm not even kidding. Wow. Started piling in here. Yeah. Yes. I, I mean, maybe mm-hmm. I'm onto something. You should start learning different languages. Start, yeah, I'm gonna have to start learning a few simple, simple things first. Mm-hmm. And then I can get cocky with it. Yeah. And just start dropping it. Mm-hmm. Then it make that'll make me look a lot smarter than I am. Uh-huh. It's a great plan. Yes. It's a great damn. Plan. Ireland and Germany, Sweden, Spain, Norway, and Finland, Mexico, which is pretty new to me. Mexico, hola. Uh, haven't, yeah, hola to them. We haven't really had so many <laughs> listeners in Mexico. Wow. Well, that's cool. That I is like very that. cool. Yeah. Of course, before I forget, this is the most unusual opinion. While America wins by default, listeners. Can you guess which state listens the most here in America? I already know. You already know. I know you know. So it would be it would be cheating. But I'm just I'm still shocked. Hell, mm-hmm. I'm very very shocked. And for those that don't know, listeners out there, the answer is California. I am slightly confused. I'm out here in Good Cal- old Cali. Good old Cali. I'm out here in California, but I have. Nothing but respect for my fellow people, but I've never once really imagined that this state uh, would be where my majority of my listeners come from. Never really advertised. A specific region, a lot of my listeners come from the East Coast, but according to the podcast, according to their stats... California is where a big portion of my listeners. Pretty weird. Mm-hmm. The state with the most people says. Yeah. You would think so. Well, you well you would uh, think that, but a lot of my listeners, though, they come from the East. For instance, for example, on YouTube, those there. The TuneIn radio app. I recall lots of listeners from 
And on the website, traffic from the East Coast kind of blows me away. Never imagined that. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Uh, Mountain View, California is actually the most popular region where listeners are. I don't know what's who, the second what's the second most popular? I, I don't know who the hell's out there, Vanessa, but apparently I've got listeners there. Thank you guys very much. And the second is Corona. Hmm. And then Los Angeles. I don't know why. Yeah. And they're, and they're quiet listeners too. They very don't quiet. Known. They don't say anything. Yeah. They're out there trolling and creeping. Yeah, closet, closeted listeners. Yeah, they're closeted. <laughs> they're, they're creeping out there. Yeah. They come out the closet like a episode of South Park. Oh, yeah. Remember that one? <laughs> yes. Good I would one. do my Carmen voice, but I can't. You can't because you're sick. Yeah. It's so sad. Oh, well. I do a Don't great worry. Carmen. You'll get a chance to do it again. <laughs> yes. Yes. And by the way, Vanessa, apparently... This is the most frightening part of it all. I didn't know this part, but apparently there's people listening in my own my own hometown. Oh, now that is scary. Creepy. Yeah. I don't know who the hell's listening to my show out here in the depths of uh, hell, but you're out there yeah. somewhere. Your dad? Your dad? Oh, that's what I thought too, but there's more than one listener. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, my dad... Well, actually, he doesn't listen to the podcast version of the program. Oh, okay. I think he listens in on YouTube. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That is, I wonder why. My shock and awe comes from the mere fact that my voice has been heard uh, more times coming from the radio waves of Texas than any other state, yet Texas is actually number two on the list. Oh. A big shout out to Flint, Richardson, Houston, Austin. Austin, Texas is actually probably the seventh city on that list. Which again, it's Alex Jones. It's bizarre because you would have heard my voice in Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. because I've, 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 my show's been played there. The show I worked on was. So my voice oh, should be tuned in. right. Exactly. So my sh- my voice or my my voice, my show could actually be number one in Texas, where I got more exposure, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, according to yeah, see Texas here, Robin Wills in the chat room. They're in Austin. See that oh. makes that makes sense to me. Aw. Shout so, out, Robin Wills. Yeah, much respect to you. So, Vanessa, mm-hmm. I, I do want to thank you for being Aw, anytime. We're going to cut loose here. We kind of went over the mark. and Time to wrap up the program. Yeah. But I do want to thank you again for being a part of the program. I thought it would be fun to close this up here with you. It's always, uh-huh. a, it's always a blast to have you on the program. Thank you. I'm sorry that I wasn't like my usual self, but it's because I'm sick. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but no one's gonna you. fault you for being sick. Aww, love it's you guys. Good. Look at them in the chat. They're so nice. Everyone, everyone likes you in the chat. Aww, love them. They all love you. 
Aw, thank you. And love you too. Myself included. <laughs> Aw, thank you. So, Vanessa, please get well. Uh-huh. Talk to you side here. Yeah. Okay. Good night. Okay. Take care. Bye. Right.